This episode is brought to you by livingrelief.com, a Wolfpack-owned business that is your source for Delta-8, CBD, THCV, gummies, tinctures, chocolates, all North Carolina-based quality products that can help with sleep, anxiety, pain, and countless other medical benefits. Highly recommend checking these guys out. Their stuff is really good. And if you use code REDWHITE20, you get 20% off your first order. That's REDWHITE20. LivingRelief.com. Living, R-E-L-E-A-F.com. Thanks for listening. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. All right, folks, we are back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast. I'm your host, Evan, here with Will, special guest, James Henderson. James, how you doing? Good, man. Good, guys. Good to be on again. James, we have been texting for about three days now. Yeah. It's probably about 500 messages, and we need to get to the bottom of this. Last night, I was like, all right, I'm going to play some Xbox. I cannot type this anymore. Right. We're going to pod this tomorrow. We want to get to the bottom of this. Okay. Well, first of all, I need to ask you, how crushed were you when Bailey Hockman retired oh. from football? You know, the only thing that would have made me more crushed if he would have done it last year when he lost the job. <laughs> right? Because, I mean, that that's kind of the relevance to us, is if he would have done it last year when he lost the Virginia Tech job, I don't know how last year would have turned out. Maybe not as good. So, it probably I, feel, I feel a little better about that. Like, when I think, so it kind of, that that's the bright side of it for me. But no, in all seriousness, I mean, look, look, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm the Bailey Hockman guy on here, so <laughs> I, uh, I mean, you know, I wish him the best, and and he helped State win eight games last year, so yeah, we were pulling for him, right? No we doubt. just like to we like to mess with James, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he loves him. Uh, he defended him tooth and nail. To I love him it on the so podcast. Yeah, it was definitely shocking though, right? When that tweet went out, totally. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's funny, I, man. I, hope I he's watched. Okay. Was you know I watched um I don't know if you guys watched the Virginia Tech game I watched when they played Tech and there was yeah. a couple plays in that game where he would go to the sidelines and he would either be in art just straight arguing with the OC or a couple of players and you just kind of felt there was some friction there and yeah. um, I don't know if it's just one of those deals where when you join a new team it just didn't click you know and maybe right. they want the other guy to get it but yeah uh, tough deal for him. Yeah, and the fact that he's not playing football anymore uh, is wild. Right. Uh, but Well, to your, to your other man crush and, and a topic Ooh. we've been talking about. <laughs> we've been talking huh. about for a few days now. It started when I don't I don't even remember exact thing you said. It's a, it was uh Gilio. You sent mm-hmm. Joe Gilio's tweet where he was talking about the importance of this game for this Clemson game for Dave Dorn to get the fans back. And we were talking about the missed opportunity in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let me clarify, get, let me make sure we get this right. That your stance is that, that Mississippi state game was just another out of conference game and not a big deal. I mean, yeah. Like I, when we were on previously at the start of the year, I said it was a big deal because I looked at it as a big deal from a record standpoint. You know, uh, went going four and zero out of conference. I mean, ultimately, your goal is to win as many games as possible. 
So going 4-0 out of conference would have given State a little more leeway to get to that 9-10-11 win season that a lot of people want to see. So I thought it was a big deal from that standpoint, but personally, it doesn't matter to me as much that you lost a random second-week game on the road to an SEC team. I don't know how many more, like, asterisks I need to add to it. You know, like, we could have said it was played on the second Saturday in, in September, right? Like, <laughs> it's just, a, like, to me, ultimately, yeah. it, was a, it was a bad loss, sure. But, like, I, I don't – like, it, it, it wouldn't have mattered to me anymore if that was – Northwestern, right? Like to me, but I obviously other people view it differently, I guess, because it's an SEC team. Well, and I told you I put out 1500 words on yeah. why, on why that game was so important. Mm-hmm. And your reaction was like, how the hell would you write 1500 words? Yeah, it's mind boggling to me. That, that, but and, it's a perception game. And that's what, and that's what I'm trying to get to. Like that, it's a, pre- a perception game for the program and for Dave. Well, Dave has not gotten over that that hump, right? And this is where we start to diverge. Right? Right. That that hump being winning, you know, the quote big games, mm-hmm. but on the road, you know, in games where hell we were favored in this game, which mm-hmm. is you know put it over the top, but on the road in the SEC or on the road in you know P five in general, and but he's won, he's won P five road games. He's he's won some, but now we're talking about can you win against decent teams, right? We're not talking about mm-hmm. winning pit you know, last garbage year. Games yeah, I mean the pit yeah. the pit game okay. was a good Virginia, one. right? I mean there's there's a couple of them that you can you can look to. There's not a whole lot, and the obstacle for Dave is that he is, and we I've played a hundred clips on this from national pods and mm-hmm. everybody else that have said yeah they've been good. They just can't, you know, this can they get over the hump. Right? They've they've not done anything spectacular. They've just been okay. Right. Right. I, and that Mississippi State game to me was the opportunity to change that perception. Right. You have a really good team. You're going into a good environment against a team with a good defense. You know, we don't know how good they are in year two. But in a game that was very winnable, and you go in there and just lay a complete egg. Right, it's very similar to that West Virginia game. Is this that same just disappointment coming from that game? Where, but this one I thought was even more winnable because this is Dave's best team, mm-hmm. and that's why I think it was so disappointing from a perception standpoint. And I think that perception matters. Where I don't think you think it matters as much. Well, Am I correct? I, no, no I, I, I'm my counter to that is I think there's multiple perceptions and there's always seems to be moving targets on what the perception is because right um like I, I I'll give you an example I think if state would have won this game against Mississippi State and they go on to lose to Memphis the next week which they did do then mm-hmm. there will be this notion that well Mississippi State's not good so that doesn't count right like because you get that in certain situations where you you know you beat an Arizona State team in a, in a bowl in 27, but like that game doesn't count for various reasons. Or you beat Notre Dame at home in what was at that time being billed as a big game, but that game doesn't count for various reasons. So I, I don't necessarily agree with the perception because I think ultimately what would have ended up happening is Mississippi State would be considered not good. So that game wouldn't have counted anyways. Like I think, and, and I also don't agree with it being a, a perception that should matter. 
I think if there's a perception that should matter, it should be the narrative that you haven't won a title or accomplished anything of significance in nine years. I think that really should be what we should be talking about here. I'm not necessarily as glued in on just the fact that you have to win an SEC game on the road to for it to matter to your program personally. But like I said, I mean, obviously, I, I imagine I'm in the minority on that um, because I just don't like you didn't get to play Mississippi State last year, right? Like, right? You know, we missed you missed out on that opportunity to get a, a what I don't know if we would have called it a big win. I mean, you would have if you would have beat them and they it would, win. It would have been a good win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, to you, yes, but I mean, you know, you and I both know there's going to be people that wouldn't have counted that as a win, as a big win because they won what three or four games last year. You didn't get a chance to play West Virginia at home, but that game's constantly mentioned as a negative that you didn't go win it up there. So you didn't get that remake, you know, that home and home part aspect. So I just think it would have been a, a narrative that probably would change for some, because I think some people just want to find something to be like mad about, right? Like, well, yeah. I mean, I think you're always going to find that small minority. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think you, you know, honestly, what you said, I think. Where we are in the perception standpoint is that's an even lower bar, like beating Mississippi State on the road versus what you said is, hey, you hadn't won a championship. I mean, I while I agree with you, I'm not even – I don't even want to go that far, right? I'm willing to say, hey, start winning these games that you should win or you could win, at least be competitive, and well, that'll go a long, that'll go a long way to – people's perception, your fans' perception of where the program is and how good of a job you're doing. But when you get curb stomped again in that situation, it's, you know, you can see why people start to maybe jump off the bandwagon or be a little bit more critical, right? Yeah, well, I'm I'm still surprised that people are jumping off the bandwagon over a non-conference game. That's, That's odd to me. But, I, but I'll give you an example of what I mean. Back in 2016, when I was at Pack Pride, I, I think we talked about this. I don't know if we did it on the podcast or not, but there was a big narrative being discussed at that point, and I think that was, what, year four for Dave, um, that he doesn't win road Power 5 games, right? Don't you, he, he won't be able – he's never able to win these road Power 5 games, James. Well, you go on, I think, in the next four years, he's won, I believe, the number seven of those. Mm-hmm. And – that's not discussed anymore. You know, like now it's all of a sudden, let's add another dynamic to it and say, okay, we hadn't won a road SEC game. And that's kind of what I mean by when I say the narrative just seems to just shift to these weird, for me, and and again, like I said, I'm sure I'm in the minority, but these weird stats and figures that we're trying to figure, we're trying to kind of like put significance on where ultimately – are you winning big game? Are you winning big games? Are you winning titles? That I mean, I mean, I think that's what people want to see at the end of the day, because I th- I think until you do that, there's going to be something that 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 folks are going to be upset about. Like I said, the road the like road P five thing. Last year you went one at Virginia, you won at Pitt, you won at Syracuse, and then the answer from some of that minority will be, well, they weren't good, right? Like so, okay, so now you want us to you want him to just win games against really good teams on the road that are power five teams. Like a lot of, is that something that people commonly do? Like, is that something that like a lot of coaches do? 
I don't know. Like I was looking at that that against the spread stat you 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 sent me. There's a lot of great coaches that are right around 500, like Dorn, in terms of spread numbers and wins. Right? I think I told you right. Lincoln Riley's 27 for 27. Yeah, and, he won most but, of those games. But doesn't though. that just mean that like Vegas he, is he, doing it right? Like, doesn't I, Vegas want it kind of to? Well, that's kind of the reason I'm asking. What's the point of the the story then? Like, I'm I'm confused here because. If we can't really use the numbers to compare the coaches, then what are, what's the whole point of the article? Yeah. You, you understand what I mean? Like what because if Lincoln Riley's at fifty percent and Dave Doran's at forty nine percent, I think Lincoln Riley's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. I mean, he's still winning a lot of those games. I don't know how many Dave Doran won against the I don't know. But my point's more like why are we trying to find these narratives as NC State fans to paint NC State in a negative light? That's my whole issue with these things. Like, you don't see people come out and say, well, 12 teams over the last four years have won five or more conference games. Right. Like 12 out of 65 Power 5 teams. Yeah. That's pretty good company to be in. Yeah. No one talks about that, though. We want to talk about a road SEC game in the second week of the season as if that's a, a you know a, a statement of Doran's job status, and for me it's just kind of wild because I would think that's something that we could be arguing with like UNC fans or Clemson fans or Wake fans or whoever. And like you know you mentioned, and I like Joe. Joe's my guy, Gilio, my dude. I, Joe, great writer. Hope you know he, he does a really good job, but. This whole narrative, like that, that you lost. Like, I, I hope he's wrong, and that that a coach would lose a lot of the fan base based on a a non conference game. That to me is wild. Personally, I, I think part of it is over the last few years. It's like when we've lost, aside from like I guess part of the Miami game, mm-hmm. it feels like we've just gotten beat every time. You know, like Clemson, yeah. of course, beat us like a drum. Um, you know, the Kentucky game that had certain variables, I, right? Um, UNC, right? So I think I think you're probably seeing like, man, okay, he's been here nine years. He doesn't have the win over Clemson, right? Which I feel like if he wins this coming game, right, maybe we don't hear about no, this it, ever it, again, it, right? No, nah, you will. Well, be but you'll, you'll hear, at least you can be you'll like, hear hey, Clemson, Clemson and you can end the argument, right? Um, but I, I do wonder if like that's the thing is it's he's been here a long time. It seems like when he loses, it's like, oh god, we got the crap beat out of us today. It's so not y'all usually feel like that close was a- losses. Y'all felt the crap got beat out of state against Mississippi State? No. I mean, I felt like okay. we beat ourselves more than anything. Yeah, no doubt. I it's, agree. It's weird that Doran, I, I haven't got a chance to listen to the clips yet, but Dave's mm-hmm. radio show, which nobody knows about, is um, <laughs> he was saying that some of the guys on the sideline, he said he was really disappointed with because they were being really selfish and mm-hmm. uh, talking about their, you know, their opportunities instead of the team. So... That was kind of weird. So it just seems like the team wasn't in the right headspace for that game anyways. Um, Yes. I I think things just kind of went up there and and just didn't go your way. I mean, look, you you, you do the same shit you did against South Carolina. You give up an opening kickoff touchdown, right? Like, and again, I don't know. And and also, I kind of, I think it's funny when you talk about, like, are you prepared to play, like, when you're the head coach? Because... You know, the defense, what, they have four straight three and outs to start the game? Yeah. Um, were they prepared, but the offense wasn't? Like, did he only speak to them? You know, like, like I always think that's interesting because the offense – and the offense did move the ball. They get in the red zone, what, three times in the first quarter? And, 
you just didn't capitalize. Missed the field goal. You you, you throw a the worst play call I've ever seen, maybe in recent memory. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, we agree. I mean, that's just that's a bad play call. But the thing is, like, as a coach, you make some bad play calls, right? Like, everything's not – you're not going to bat a 1,000 on your, the calls you make. So, you kind of got to give them some leeway there. Um, but, like, it's crazy to me, you know, when I was cutting that game up, watching it back for our, our article I do where, I, you know, I cut some of the clips up. Like, I just kept reminding myself, I'm like, man, State had so many, so many opportunities in this game to have control of it. And I felt like that was a game where – Mississippi State was never pressured. You know, they were never pressured to really have to do anything. And I thought that if State could have put them in that position where they felt pressure on offense to make plays, it could have been a different outcome. But they couldn't capitalize early on to do that. And it ends up being a disappointing loss. But I didn't think that was a game to me that was similar to like UNC or Virginia Tech last year. You know, where you just didn't have, have a – it just didn't – the wasn't your day. Um, and you, you, you're you right. You got blown out. Like, I didn't think it was that type of a game yeah. uh, personally. I had more questions. Oh, sorry, Evan. I, I was just going to – I was just going to say, that was where it's so frustrating, mm-hmm. right? And that's where state fans are disappointed because, yeah, we did beat ourselves. We mm-hmm. were the better team. I left there and thinking, damn, I still think we're better than them. Yep. Right? And that is what – but, but let me ask you this, E. Let me ask you this, E. So this weekend against Clemson, right, all NC State fans won't stake to win that game. Are you winning that game if Clemson plays well? Define plays well because they haven't. Don't, don't beat themselves. Don't turn the ball over. Make plays. Generally play well. Like, well, their offense isn't good enough this year that um, – or I haven't seen it from their offense mm-hmm. yet that is going to say, hey, if they play well – because I don't know what well is for this Clemson offense. But, you know, Clemson Clemson's still favored. Clemson's still Clemson. They're still yeah. loaded mm-hmm. with five-star talent. So it is a challenge, right? And they so have Dabo. Yeah, and Dabo is the king of mind games. He's already right. playing mind games, starting oh, Shipley yeah. in this game. Like, you know he's doing some things like that. That This game means a lot to him. Right. And But this is Dave's best opportunity to beat no Clemson. Da- no doubt. In the last few years, especially in the last few years. Yeah, since 17, right? Yeah. I And so yeah. it would be disappointing if they lose this game, <laughs> but I also am not expecting us to win this game. So it's kind of – I want us to be competitive. I don't want to see it get us blown out, or I don't want to see Clemson just completely dominating the game. So you want to see is, like 16 and 17, <clears throat> where State was competitive and had a chance to win those games. Sure, certainly. I mean, that's what, that's what it should be. I think well, we're good enough that – we should be in that position. And, and the reason I ask you that is just like you, you mentioned against Mississippi State, the state was favored. Like, you're not going to go up to Mississippi State, play well, and lose if you're the favored team, in my opinion. And right. so generally that's kind of like how you lose. So it's, it's crazy because, like, we want to be able – I think we've talked about this before. We want to be able to beat teams like Clemson where you're – like State's a double-digit underdog this weekend. And fans want you to win that game and or be very, very competitive, but not understand that for that to happen, Clemson's likely not going to have to play well, right? Like, so <laughs> it's, it, State's going to have games where they don't play well, right? Like, State's going to have games sure. where it's just, you know, they, they lose the turnover battle. They, they don't take advantage of everything. When you play 12 games over the course of the season, you're going to have a game or two like that. It's just a matter of can you find a way to win it when you do? I mean, on the road at Mississippi State, 
they weren't able to, you know. Um, I was having this argument, this discussion earlier with my buddy Bryant. We were talking about, like, you go back to the game, I think it was BC in 2017, where Naeem had had a touchdown run to win that game. State didn't play well that game, you know, but they found a way to go up to Boston College. They won that game 17-14, found a way. Now, we don't ever bring that game up anymore because we won it. But if you we you know if we lost it, I'm sure we constantly talk about that game like we do the 17 game. But yeah, I just think that like sometimes, man, we just gotta understand that it's just a game where if you don't play well, you're gonna lose. I don't really think it's an indictment on the program or the head coach, but but I'm, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm different in that area. Well, I mean, this is what was, oh, I was just gonna say. Go I mean, I, I think the only way State really wins is if they basically win all three phases, mm-hmm. right? And now you can win on the offensive phase against this defense, you know, by only put, you know, I'm not saying they need to rack up a ton of points. They just need to, to not turn the ball over. But I mean, I think it just comes down to turnover margin. We got to probably generate, I don't know, plus two to really have a chance. Right. And you know, just, we can't kill ourselves. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's just well, hard. I, I want us to win this game so badly, um, but it feels like this game could easily be like seventeen fourteen. You know what I mean? Like it's right. I, I can't right. imagine our offense clicks and scores more than twenty points on a team that I don't. Have they even allowed an offensive score? No, no. And, and that's kind of what yeah. I was saying with Mississippi State was, you know, we're so disappointed in that loss, but we realized that you, you gave up a, a, a special teams touchdown. You threw an interception in the end zone. You had another fumble to start the, ha- the the second half. Your kicker misses a field goal. Mississippi State didn't have any of that happen. You're likely not winning that game. Now, we're going to spend the whole next three weeks talking about the head coach and all that, but those are the execution things that we want to see State do this weekend against Clemson to upset Clemson, right? Like, like we're going to need Clemson the- to do some of that stuff. Those are the fundamentals that you shouldn't be getting wrong, though. That's the problem. Like, you have a senior, a very experienced team, and you're still doing some of those things very, very poorly. And you're still, I mean, all week, Will and I talked about don't kick it to Tulu Griffin. Mm-hmm. Don't kick it to Tulu Griffin, right? First play, they kick it right down the pipe. Yeah, bad, I bad, mean, bad. I, like, I very seriously doubt Dave told Trenton Gill to kick the ball to the middle field no, to Griffin. He said it was supposed to be a directional kick, and they kicked it right to him. I mean, my thing was just kick it out of bounds. I think Memphis did that right. every time. You can, um, do that. you can give them the ball, but then you're going to have some fans saying, why are we giving them the ball at the 40 every possession? Yeah. I don't think anyone I mean, would ever ask again, right, if we got to play them another time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a dynamic returner. We knew this from the whole time, and they, you know, Again, it's it, it's the little fundamentals that you lost that game. So we're not asking for them to suddenly be the 85 Bears, to use your reference, mm-hmm. on Saturday. Right. We're asking them to play well and asking them not to do the dumb shit that they have done in this situation before. Now, they tend to not do that when they're at home. Mm-hmm. So that is the benefit. So that's where we say, hey, play well against Clemson, right? Compete against Clemson. It'll be disappointing if they lose because, like you said, it is the best opportunity to beat Clemson that we've had in a long time. <clears throat> but going back to that BC game, that BC nobody talks about it because BC was seven and six that year. They yeah. finished four and four. They beat nobody. They did, you know that's a you know it's not a it wasn't a huge win. It's a game that I know, and, and this is again where we differ. State fans expect 
right. more often than not to beat BC in that situation. And BC, what do right. BC fans think of that game? I don't. BC fans all think they they're terrible all the time. <laughs> no, I, I, I guarantee you, BC fans think they should beat NC State at home. Yeah, I don't know, and and, that, and that's kind of what I'm saying is like, you know. I, I, again, I'm not saying that was a great BC win. My point was more just along the lines of when you win those games, you know, on the road like that, and you don't play well. And that was kind of what I was saying. State didn't play well that day. They found a yeah. way to. They just found a way to win it, and that's kind of what they would have needed to do against Mississippi State. I do think Mississippi State's better than that BC team, and and I don't think Mississippi State's clicking at the point they are where they you would hope they'd be later in the year, like that BC game was. Um, right, but. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's kind of where I'm at with that Mississippi State game. Was like, it's an unfortunate loss, it's a bad loss, but you didn't play well. And I don't know, man. Like for me, when I look at like hiring and firing a coach or whatever people want to do, or if you fell off the bandwagon and all these things, I just don't know if it would be after not an out of conference game. That's kind of yeah. was my whole argument with the Mississippi State game. There's going to be plenty of opportunities or things you could be mad about in terms of falling off the bandwagon. Like you know, if you lose the wake again. Right, or if you lose to right. North Carolina for the third year in a row, or if you're one of these fans who thinks you should beat Clemson, you don't beat Clemson. If you want to be mad about those things, fine. But like just the emphasis that seems to have been placed on that that non-conference game, I just I don't want to understand that. That that's kind of where I was with. All right, so going back to your previous statement, right? The we the conversation used to be around running P five games, or mm-hmm. P five games on the road, whatever it was. Part of that is. Due to Dave, credit to Dave. He's he's changed that conversation. We've gotten from that you can't beat anybody to beating some teams. Now you can't beat better teams, right? That's fine. I think that's what happens when as you progress. Mm-hmm. But I think he's gotten to the point where he's progressed, and fans still want him to get that next win and still go, yeah. you know, the the next level. And, and that Mississippi State game represents that next that next level. Now the problem is you beat Clemson this year, right? Clemson's not as good, but I've kind of seen that already. Oh, yeah. So so now you beat Clemson and instead of that coming back and, and saying, well, this NC State team's good, you know, they went down to Mississippi, they won there, they've beaten everybody else. Now you're saying, well, they won because Clemson's bad. And I'm, again, I'm not State is not that. right. No, but that's what that's yeah. what the perception everywhere is going to be. That is 100% a conversation from state fans, from national media, from anybody who's paying attention. Where's Clemson ranked right now? Nine or something. Uh, somewhere in there. Okay. Six. Nine. Something like that. Nine. Okay. So that's what they're going to – that that narrative is going gonna, is gonna to come off of state where it's an opportunity for say, hey, we, we are the second best program in the ACC. We have been the second best program in the ACC for the last few years. To now, it's like, all right, you beat Clemson because, but now, but they're bad, right? So now it becomes about what's wrong with Clemson as opposed to, hey, this state team is actually pretty good. And that is, that is frustrating. You could, I can see it's going to happen. If we win this game, that is 100% what that conversation is going to be from the outside. And we're not, we're not able to take advantage of it because just like the 2018 or 27, I forgot what year it was where we had a really terrible schedule. And everybody's like, yeah, they won, but they didn't play anybody. Last year. And that was, well, last year too. All right, yeah. we used last year for an but example. You, but you can right? control that narrative if you go on and just keep winning, right? That, that's right. the thing, right? Sure. And right. I, we, we kind of said that Mississippi, Mississippi State was an indicator game for us because we thought it would give us a lot more confidence to then say, yeah, you can beat Clemson. 
I mean, if we go in and actually beat Clemson and we play good, play well, then yeah, I mean, you look at the rest of the schedule and the way everyone's performing, you say, okay, well, now this is a year that we can contend. And who gives a shit as long as we actually get to the title game? But, you know, I, I, I just don't know. Like, if after nine years, if we lose a close game, like, do you think... I don't think a lot of fans are going to be happy if we lose close. No, they're, you know they're not going to be happy if you lose. Yeah, I mean you've already you've already lost you've already proven you can lose close, and they're not happy, right? Like like I, I mean I, I was telling Eve this last night when we were texting. I'm like, okay, everybody wants to debate what Dave is doing has done. He's literally gotten you to the point of being a Clemson win at home away from winning the Atlantic Division title, and you lose that game 38-31. So you were a touchdown away from winning the Atlantic Division title. I don't really know how much closer you can get to winning a, a division title. Like in terms of closeness, I don't, I mean, a touchdown away, you you were there. And so ultimately, and, and not only did he do that, it bottomed out after that. And now he's already got you back in a position where we're going into this game with some people thinking you have a chance to win it. Right. I think that's pretty impressive. Because, you know, like I was having a discussion, again, I was talking to Brian about this, and he was saying, well, one of his worries with Doran is, what if you give him like a Larry Fedora contract or a Paul Hewitt contract to keep him if somebody would have come after him if he had a big year this year, right? Let's say he had a big year, one out, whatever, and you had to pay him to keep him. Would you be bothered by that? And my argument, my, my, my statement was no, because he's shown it's not been a one-time thing to where he got you to this point like Larry Fedora did and then the bottom completely drop out and he never get over the hump again. I mean, this guy got you there to that where we just talked about, one touchdown away. Went one, he had a season where they went 1-7 in the conference. He's changed his entire assistant coaching staff out. And you're now back at this point again where you might be second and third best team in the ACC. But but instead of talking about that for him as a coach, we're talking about like Mississippi State or you know like I don't know why we do this to ourselves. <laughs> like like shouldn't that be a positive it's, we're talking about here? Because a lot of coaches don't do that. A lot of coaches don't get you up to a high in a conference, bottom out, and then get you back up again. Right. Well, and that's exactly you know that's what we were talking about yesterday. I I feel like it's he's done a great job of. Changing the expectations, elevating the program from just all over the place, really inconsistent, right? He's he's leveled it out. But at what point is he going to win that game? At what point is he going to push you mm-hmm. over the top? At what point is he going to stop being, what is he, 1-22 against ACC teams with a winning record, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> you got to get better there. The league is not that good. and That's the that's a stat? That's a real stat? It's a real stat. One in twenty-two against teams that finished AC teams that finished over five hundred. Okay, one in twenty-two. Like that's not good. And he's done really well against the shitty teams, but at some point, that only gets you so far. And that's where we've been. And that's that's my criticism of him. I want him to get over the top. I want him to, you know, do things that will give you better chances to to win. And like. You know, from being nitpicky and bring it down, it's like his offensive philosophy, right? It's, I think that has cost him two games that would have given him two 10 win seasons. Mm-hmm. Both those weight games in 2017, 2018 were nonsense. That that game in Carter Finley, they had no business losing, right? They're the better team. 
Jamie Newman has never played a game before comes in bad loss. Yeah, it's a terrible loss, right? Yep. And up ten, what were you up ten with six minutes to go? Right. Yep. And and rather than Dave and, and I, I don't know, like I'm not and this is probably getting into the weeds, but just like that's just the one example of what I think has hamstringed him from taking it to the next level. Right? Being aggressive at all times. Like just foot on the gas, go, score points. Because teams like Wake can score, right? They play fast. They that's how they keep they neutralize these teams. I'm with you. And Dave seems to Dave seems to have a bunch of those losses that are just why can't you beat the better teams? That Miami game last year, no point in losing that. You have no reason to lose that game. I mean, yeah. Dear King, Dear King has one game that he just doesn't miss anything and and it happens to be against us like is that Derek King having an out of body experience yeah. or is that us not putting him in the positions to be uncomfortable and do those things like i i don't know where that where you draw that line but i understand why state fans are drawing that line like listen Dave's done a good job but i want more right i asked you yesterday why why do you go to the driving range i want to get better right why do you why do you watch YouTube golf videos? Because I want to learn more. I want to get better. And state fans, like, why am I investing money? Why am I, you know, doing this? I want to get better. Well, what's, I want to move what's forward. the more? That's my question. Like, what more do we want? Like, because I think that's the thing that, that I think is kind of seems to be constantly changing. To me, the more should be you want to win a title. Uh, yeah, but like I said, I would back down from that and I want to win that Mississippi State game. I want to be competitive with Clemson so that But he's done when... that. He's been competitive <laughs> once. 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 All right, twice. Well, I, I think, twice. I think yeah, it's I mean, a, like, well, I mean, it's, like, you're it's not going to be competitive thing. with Clemson every single year when you're a program that kind of ebbs and flows. Like, that's just the historical nature of our program. And, and, right. that, and that's kind of where I, I really – it really bothers me sometimes because it's like, like you know, like I told you, I love Joe Giglio, great dude. But where's that same discussion about a guy like Dave Clawson? And I know you guys don't like me bringing up Dave Clawson, but he but he's won eight, he's never won more than eight games. He's never won more than four ACC games. They apparently, I think, he by, by the on the numbers you you put out, they're relatively close to state in terms of what they invest. But where is the because I think both of you probably think Dave Clawson is a really good coach, right? Like you know, he's had, um, he's so got he some just, upsets. He does let, yeah, yeah, he does great. less with more. If he's, he's got won some, some big upsets, teams, then my thing is like, where the hell is the record at? I mean, he has upset some teams. Why is he not winning more than eight games? He, because you know what's his flaw? Yeah, right. He, right? Like he's a guy that I would actually love to see like where he goes next if he goes to like a. Probably won't go anywhere next. Uh, no, probably won't. What I'm saying, but like, if you put him at a bigger school, I'd be curious to see if just not getting out of that little private school bubble mm-hmm. that he's in over there, maybe that could take him to the next level. But yeah, he's got he's got flaws, and I think that's just what it kind of comes down to. Is like, if you're a Wake fan, you at least think you're going to be able to shoot your way out of a problem occasionally. I mean, it seems like with State, I think we've talked. Maybe I don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast. But I'm sure you have. Once State goes into that two touchdown hole, it just seems like yep. we never get out of it, right? And yeah, maybe no that's chance. right now, like this team, maybe these are actually Beck issues and not Doran issues. But, you know, I've been less than impressed with Beck this season so far. Maybe they've been holding and hiding everything for Clemson and onward. But, you know, I think that's the thing is like you just feel like 
if if State doesn't jump to an early lead, it just feels like you're. I mean, you just really need a lot of things to break your way, I guess. Um, yeah, and part of that is, you know, part of that is State's the biggest school in the state. They have a large alumni base. They should have a lot more resources. They yeah, should I, have I a lot of things. I don't know why things. we don't. Yeah, right? I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, in comparison, you know, you consider Wake Forest, and nobody nobody cares about Wake Forest. Nobody talks about them, right? And that's why Julio's not talking about Wake Forest, right? Nobody cares. Right, the state fans and the regional fans care more about us than than them. Clawson has also innovated Wake's offense to a point where people respect them. People respect that the way they play, that tempo, the pace they can score, those sorts of things. And I mean, honestly, if Dave had some of that, he probably had won more games, and he would be getting more positive attention. Um. Yeah, I think, you know, I agree with you. I think at times Dave goes, Dave's teams have, once they've built a lead, um, they go into run the ball mode, right? And yeah. I've been vocal about it. To me, the, that is the only game they've lost in his eight years at NC State where they've done that. Um, Maybe that's an out, I think it's an outlier. I think it was a complete fluke. I think it falls in line with that Boston College game where if you would have won that game, no one would be talking about it anymore. Rightfully so, you won the game. You would have won ten right. games. I don't, and, and and the reason I say that is like I don't necessarily think you're going to see that change because I think if you tell Dave he's, I don't know what the number is. I think it's like sixteen and one in those games during his tenure. He's going to probably continue to do it because he's sixteen and one. You know, like right. um, would would I like to see him keep the my my problem with Doran in, in terms of philosophy is I thought like and Mississippi State's a good example of this. I think this this is a team that you should throw first, run second. Um, Agree. I think you should throw first, run second. You saw that against Furman. And you saw that some in his years with Ryan Finley. Now, maybe this is a trust issue with Devin Leary. Maybe they don't trust him to that degree yet. But that's yeah. where my issue is with them from a philosophy, philosophy standpoint. I thought against Mississippi State, they could have thrown the ball more early on. They could have, like, been more aggressive in, in turn. And, and I hope – that that's one of those games they come out of and they see that and they've made adjustments. Like, you know, it's weird because, like, I think we often want to bat a thousand on, um, on like coaching decisions and different things like that. You don't always do it, but you, you learn from them and you hope that, you know, like you go to the Furman game, State made multiple tweaks in that game that we wanted to see. I know on our site, from us breaking down the film. Based off of the Mississippi State game, you go to the you like I give you an example. I know I was vocal going into Furman. State's got to give Devin Leary more obvious passing down situations. Don't just let him be a game manager. Don't just let him throw on second and long, third and long. Well, they come out against Furman. He threw the ball on fifteen first downs in the first half. He was thirteen. He was thirteen of fourteen on those downs. I mean, that's really freaking good. And if they would have used that mindset, I think, against Mississippi State, we're probably not having that discussion here. My hope is they learn from that and they're building on that to go forward. Sometimes you got to fail to see that, right? So I, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, I think philosophy-wise, there's some things that Dave could do differently. But ultimately, I still think at the end of the day, we're all saying the same thing. Can you win the Atlantic Division? That's really what's going to make people happy. He's gotten you to a point where he's one touchdown away from doing it. Maybe he never does it, and we fire him, and we hire another guy who can do that. Because 
I mean, you guys agree with me. You're likely going to need to win seven games, seven ACC games to win this division right now. Yes. Yeah. I would so, think so maybe there's a coach out there that can do it, and, and we don't know who he is. And you know, because I don't think you're winning. You, you know, I don't think you're winning the Atlantic anymore, like Clawson did it at, at not Clawson Grove did it six and two or five and three. That's not it, happening. Right. So you know. I mean, we can blow it up, get rid of Dave, bring in another guy. I mean, I think that's ultimately where you're at, where we're at right now, because that's what it's what that's what it's going to take. Yeah, I I just wonder if Dave slash Beck can acknowledge to themselves that maybe the best talent on the team is in the youth right now, and no doubt, and try to exploit that. Like, I mean, I love our older receivers and everything like that, but. I mean, Ant Smith and, and Porter Rook should be he- more heavily involved. I think Port- maybe Porter got more targets this last game. Um, but, you know, here's the thing. Like, Devin Leary can at least attack every level of the field. But if you can only run left, like, you've got to shift your game plan around that and find the guys that can exploit it. If Ant Smith is the only one that gets deep, then Ant Smith needs to be on the field a lot more. If anything, like, you know, so that when you do the... How does uh, Philip say it, right? When you do the counters... When you make Ant Smith mm-hmm. not go deep but come short, right? You you can make advan- take advantage of those plays. So I don't know. This is the game. I guess I'm just gonna be hyper focused to see: Are we gonna just play to our tendencies and just say, "Hey, we're happy to be second place in the division," or are we gonna actually go attack Clemson and try to win? Because well, it, it, it's funny, Will. You mentioned that because I asked Dave a similar question to that on Monday because I think it's an interesting dynamic. You know, you look at this Clemson team this year. Was it ten three against Georgia? Right, ten three was the score. Fourteen eight against Georgia Tech. So those mm-hmm. are their two Power Five games. And yeah. I always think that's an interesting dynamic because you look at it and you say, okay, on one hand, a critical turnover could lose you that game. Like you throw a pick six against Clemson, that might be enough for Clemson to win that game. But you also say, if we're aggressive and can hit a couple of big plays for scoring plays we can win the game with those big plays. So, like, as a coach, you know, like, how do you balance that? Because I think if you say, if State goes into this game, they're like, okay, we're going to be ultra-aggressive and we're going to try and just attack Clemson and do all these things. Leary turns the ball over, throws two picks, and he gets sacked, dropping back, and the scoop score, and they score two defensive touchdowns. Are we going to be going crazy and saying, why didn't you run the ball more? Why didn't you play more conservative? You know, all these things. Like, I, I, that was the that's that's the interesting dynamic for me with NC State in this game because it's like Georgia Tech played I thought Clemson relatively conservative and it gave them a chance to win that game late. But I don't think any of us want to see NC State play that way on Saturday, even though it could be the way you I, may have to play to win that game. I, I mean, I think I think they should be aggressive to start. Right? Let's see what happens if you attack the first quarter. I don't care if you get in a hole. Right? You're you're a ten point dog, twelve point dog, whatever. Right? You, you're not expected to win. Just don't lose by coming out and first play, run left, run left, run left, unless mm-hmm. it happens to work and we get a touchdown off of it. You know what I mean? Great. Like, great, yeah. great play call. Then it's, then it's, yeah, then everyone's a genius. But I think that's what, I think the fan base wants to come out and see us try to dictate to them. And if you want to shift gears, if we score quick or, you know, there's adjustments, whatever. But... I just feel like the fans, I think there's going to be a lot of people, you know, there were obviously a lot of people there for uh, the Furman game. So the crowd will be behind you. Like, try to ride it. Try to strike early. DJ, you doesn't look, like, competent at this point. But you know at some point it's that 
classic NC State thing, right? Where it's uh, the hero for the day or whatever shows up, right? So I, I just think if Devin comes out firing and we lose, I'm not going to be upset. I think a lot of people would say at least we tried. But if we come out okay. and are super conservative, that's going to be a frustrating feeling for the fan base. Well, you know, part of that is we've lost those conservative games. Dave has done that before. That's why he's one and two against one and twenty-two against good teams in the ACC. You come out and you play that game. Oh, play fundamentals. We'll keep it ball control. That doesn't work. We know that doesn't work. We've seen that for nine years, and that is the frustration. Like at some point, you have to change that. You've changed offensive coordinators, but your philosophy has stayed the same. So, James, I'll ask you this, and this is a question I come up, I I have myself every time we play a game. What is NC State's offensive identity? Well, I think there there are multiple offensively. Um, And what I mean by that is I think they want to be a team that they're going to try and attack the weaknesses of the defense because they feel like they should be able to run the ball and or pass the ball. I don't think it's a – an offense that's going to come out every single game and throw the ball 50 times or try to. And it's funny we say this because, you know, I don't know if you guys know this. I think in Ryan Finley's last two years, State actually led the ACC in pass attempts per game. Um, yeah. You know, which you, you don't have that nar- – like, I don't think there's a narrative out there like that. I think people think we were more of a running team with those teams. But we actually threw the ball more. We just ran late like we talked about earlier. I think ultimately right. that's what they should – that's, to me, the way they should play. I think they should come out exactly like they did against Furman. And we'll look, it's Furman, but I don't give a shit about it being Furman. I think you can use that game plan against every team you play, maybe outside of Clemson, because like I said, I am a little concerned about how against Clemson, they could win a game scoring 14 points right now. Clemson could, um, which, you know, we saw that here against Georgia Tech. I mean, I think they can win game. I think they're good enough defensively. To win games, only scoring. That's why I'm not as concerned about how bad they've they supposed to have looked deep offensively. It may not matter right. for them. You know, it may not matter. They may be good enough to win, score 17, 20 points, and one of them's a defensive touchdown. That's all they need. So, but I think against most teams on NC State's schedule, they have to be ultra aggressive, man. Devin Leary, in terms of arm talent, when you look across the ACC, Sam Howe, Kenny Pickett. They may be it. In terms yeah, of just, and, just throwing the football, if, you know, Elite 11, you're throwing the foot. He he is as good as anybody in the league, and that was what was most frustrating to me about the Mississippi State game is I felt like you didn't take advantage of that arm talent. And so everybody else on the schedule, North Carolina, you know, um, whoever else, State, say Miami, you've got to let him throw the football. That was my most encouraging takeaway from that Furman game was it felt like State might have came out of that Mississippi State game thinking, we got to get Devin Leary going and we've got to get these weapons going because that's ultimately how we can win games offensively going forward. Because you guys know this, man. They're not going to let you just run the football. They're not. Right. You know, I Nobody mean, is. Yeah, nobody's just going to let you line up and run the ball behind the quantum. I mean, you know, we, right. th- we may think that shit might work, but – Teams are going to load the box and and run blitz and slant and do all these different things to take that away. And you've got good rep. I mean, Will, you mentioned Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith should have had two touchdowns against Mississippi State. The guy played seven snaps. Yep. I was going to say, you know, why he doesn't is because they don't do it. He plays right? seven Leary snaps. Needs, needs some reps throwing that ball. He's going to miss it. They right. should have gone right back to it. No at, doubt. At Mississippi State, he had, Ant Smith had that guy by five yards 
Leary missed the throw. They should have called the exact same play and give him another chance at it. Like, I, just throw it again. Give I'm him more reps at hitting that. And, and that's and that's part of it, right? They just – And, I, and, right, and your hope is they learn from that. Your hope is they learn from that going right. forward. And, and you saw the shift. Will, you mentioned Porter Rooks. Porter Rooks led NC State's receivers in slap, snaps against Furman. Yeah. Porter Rooks led NC State's receivers in routes run against Furman. Dave came into the Monday press conference. He said they told Porter last week, we should have played you more against Mississippi State. That's our fault. I think they've seen these things, and that's my biggest hope because I do believe if they come out and play the rest of their schedule the way, with the mentality they played against Furman, they're going to have a good year. They may not beat Clemson, you know, but I, right. mean, I can see them going 9-3 and three and 10-2 and two still. I really could because, you know, the schedule has opened up a little bit to where some of the games that I was more concerned about the first time we talked – those games look a little easier now. Boston College, Florida State, right. Miami. You know, those games look more Miami. Those games look more winnable now than they did earlier in the year. But if they come out with the mentality of, well, we've got Zonovan, we've got Ricky, that shit ain't gonna work. You know, I, I, I told you guys before right. Furman, man, I was like, I don't want to see those guys carry the ball forty times against Furman. <laughs> you know, right. like you can do that and win that game. That's not going to help you long term, though. Like I feel like Dave has learned. I've said this for a long time. Dave has learned as he's been here. Like he he'd only been a head coach for two, three mm-hmm. seasons, whatever it was, and he's learned. He's gotten better. He's gotten more experienced staff around him. I think he's a really good staff. But when you still see the same mistakes, like in that Mississippi State game, not playing Porter Rooks, putting your three wide receivers on the field who can't get separation, and expecting them to get separation, like. That is what's frustrating about Dave to state fans. It's like you see those same mistakes over and over again. Sure, Amezi's great. Put him out there. Put Rooks out there. Like rotate, platoon those guys differently. Put in Thayer and Carter and Smith, right? Just have a different combination so you have somebody on there who can stretch the field, who can be dynamic. You know, they finally start recruiting those guys. Let them play. And you see those same things over and over again for. Dave, and that's why we're like, that's why it's so frustrating. You lose these games when you have talent that can win those games, right? And that, and that's where the disconnect is for me with what Dave is doing. Or like, how far can he go? Like, can is he going to keep evolving? I, I don't know. I feel like he's he gets into like this groove where he thinks this is this is good, and he's I don't need to go to the range anymore. Right? I'm hitting the ball well. I'm going to keep going, right? But you got to keep trying to get better. You got to work on the draw. You got to work on the fade. You got to do these things that are going to make your game better. And I just feel like the reason he's comes into question so much, and the reason we have some of his close games, the reason we're one in twenty-two against well, decent teams in the league, is you know part of that is his his whole nature of how they approach that the offensive philosophy. So he let, that's what's he, he, let me ask you this: so that one in twenty-two stat that they, that you found, what was it again? He's one in twenty-two against ACC teams that finished above five hundred. Okay, I got the list: it's zero and three, zero and four, zero and four, one and four, zero and one, zero and two, zero and two, zero and two. That's the last, not up to date this year. So, let, let, so, so like last year when he beat Pitt, that game doesn't count because they finished four and four. Right, so okay. he's six and eleven against teams that finished five hundred. Okay, league. 
Okay. So overall, it's seven in thirty-three. It, it, right. it would be interesting to see how many of those games were the first year and well, the twenty nineteen year, right? Where I mean, that's sixteen losses oh yeah, right there, no doubt. Right, and, and the reason I ask that is like like beating Pitt last year. If you lose that game, it it only counts as a win as a loss for you in the in that stat, like because then Pitt would be five and four versus four and four. Yeah. Um, it's it's the does it matter if you beat them when they're ranked or if they're ranked at the end of the year, right? I mean, it's there's two ways you can look at it every time, right? right? Oh, I think it's when they're when when you play them. No, rankings. We all we know rankings are trash, right? They're right, inconsistent. Right, right. So it's the end of the year. What is their record? Are they were they a good team? So Pitt was five good and enough? five in conference, and State beat right. them. So if State would have lost to them. Pitt would have been theoretically six and four. And that would have count. That would have made Dave one in twenty three. Right. Okay. That's just weird. Yeah. Like. Okay. I mean, and that's kind Here's, of where I'm at with those stats. It's just kind of they're. they're okay. I mean, one in twenty two is still not good. I'm with you. No, it's not. <laughs> seven thirty seven and thirty three is not good. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, so if you take out if you take out year thirteen and year nineteen, it's only five. He's still one in seventeen. Yeah. I mean, I guess what I keep thinking about today is was the team he inherited just far worse than even we understand oh it was awful like because yeah, you know right, like even when you have a, an, an incredibly successful draft class of guys that came through there and two nfl quarterbacks so yeah you got it right you only leveraged it into like eight and nine win seasons right so i mean just maybe the cupboard is just so was so bad and then we missed on a couple of recruiting classes right that you know, we're only getting to see where the program is like now, just because it's actually a team that has depth. And you know, I mean, maybe the, the better question is: is let, let's say he goes and wins eight wins this year, nine wins, seven years, whatever. Do you have confidence next year that this team would be any better? Like, is there a reason to keep investing it? You know, emotionally as a fan, and think, hey, Dave's got us coming around the corner on this. I know for me, man, I just expect NC State, like every team in the ACC outside of Clemson, to ebb and flow as a program. Like, I don't expect mm-hmm. just a linear upward trajectory um, because I just think that's too hard to, to do unless you're one of the top teams. And they don't really do that. They just stay, you know, losing one game every year. I just think it's going to be like that. I don't – yeah, you're right. I don't know what next year is going to hold. Um I mean, maybe you take a step back. Maybe you take a step up. Maybe the schedule impacts it more. I know, Will, you mentioned he leveraged it into eight, nine-win seasons. I'll give you an example. My guy, you guys know who my guy is as, as the ACC coach, right? Dino. Dino. My guy, Dino. Now, And I told hey, Will, I told Evan this last night. You know, at the end of the year, I expect my guy to be available. Okay? Um, <laughs> listen, he's beat Clemson, right? Yeah. He's got a 10-win season because they didn't schedule shit that year, right? So, you know, that was Dave's problem in 17. He actually scheduled some teams. So he didn't go 4-0 out of conference to get that 10-win season. So Dino's done that. Hire Dino. He's got the number four defense in the country. Right. I mean, and and maybe he doesn't get fired this year. I assume it because, like, you know, I I think that'll fall apart when they're no longer playing Albany. But – He's beat Clemson, which is one of the things we want to see a coach do. He's got a ten win season, and he also he has fun. He's got a fun offense too. Um, that's another one of them. We can get Dino, man. I mean, like, 
I, I think that would be a great hire because those are three things we want to see done, and he's done it. Well, going back to Will's point, like so even the cover was bare when Dave got here. Tom O'Brien still beat Florida State, right? He, he when they were good. He still beat Clemson when they were number seven, right? He's he won those games. He whipped Carolina's ass. It was the most important game to him, no doubt. Right? What was his flaws? And, and, what were his flaws? Oh, that's a whole other podcast, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but it, it's a, it's a thing we want to see with Dave. Like he has sustained good. Can he sustain better? And can he get to better? We haven't seen that yet. He hasn't gotten to that point. And I think that's the, you know, bringing it back to Dave, that's the, that's where the frustration is. Well, And that's why that Mississippi State game was disappointing. And that's why we want to see how they compete in this, in this game. But that's what I'm asking you. When you say, can he get to better? So you don't think going six and two was there? Because, like, you know, 6-2 and two won Jim Grobe an Atlantic Division title. It right. Won, you know, so, like, he has a 6-2 and two season under his belt. He has a season where last year he went 7-3, and three, which, you know, he, won, he played 10 ACC games. But everybody did. So, you know. Yeah. Um, but my point is, like, 6-2 and two is pretty good. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't consider that just good. Like, I, I'll see sometimes on our boards folks will say, well, we've only been mediocre under Dave. I don't necessarily think we're six and two in the Atlantic Division is mediocre. Um, but is that the best he's going to do? I, I don't know because, like, we use that number. That number is like arbitrary because some years that number can win you a title. You know what I mean? Like, I think that one year is kind of an aberration. We can we can agree on that. Wake Forest six and two year they won. BC like, did it the next year. Well, okay, it's no right. longer happening under Clemson. Is kind of what we agree on, right? Like you're not, you're right. not, and f- yeah, yeah. Florida State, Florida State was in between their dominance years, right? They, yeah, they were still good, but they had they had down year. And you're not and in this the coast. Could be that same point for Clemson, right. right? That's what we're. And so, can Dave do it again? Can Dave sustain that? Like the, his first four years, where he won zero three three three, right? In the ACC, like now he's. Six five, the one is kind of an aberration. I'll give him that. Uh huh. And seven, as, as well as the seven being an aberration, not having the top end of the schedule. But like, so hold, where hold is on, he going to? Hold fall? on, let me ask you about that. Hold on, I want to ask you guys on this. So yeah, the seven doesn't count because he didn't play Clemson or Notre Dame, but he did play Miami, no, no, North it, Carolina. No, you have to put it in context, right? This is what you and I always talk about. Yeah. The context of that season was yes, you didn't have to play. Clemson or Notre Dame, but he played Miami and North your, Carolina, though. and you lost those games. You lost right. your two best games, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, to the Miami game where you shouldn't have lost that game, right? You should have won that game, yeah. or could have won that game. I should probably yeah. better way to say, right? You could have won that game. Bailey, in Bailey kept us that in that game. game. Yes, you could have won that game. <laughs> well, you got beat by a bad Virginia Tech team that year. Right, you did beat up, which is Dave does really well. We've established that he's twenty-five and two against teams that he should be twenty-one and five against teams yeah. below five hundred in the ACC. So he is, he beats up on the bad teams. That's awesome. At what point do you? And Matt said it in this chat, but to be the man, you got to beat the man. Right. At what point can you do that? Right? Are we going to do that? I give him credit for that. That seven wins. You have to put in context. One, he played ten. Yep. He played ten ACC games. He did. He lost every one of the good teams he played. Every one of the good teams he played lost. 
the two the two good teams he played. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and, my, bad, and a bad Virginia Tech. Well, team. And my pushback to that would be, State wasn't good last year, or weren't supposed to be good last year. Like that—that's the whole thing. I don't understand with that that dynamic. Like, State was 11, 12, 13th, fourteenth into the in the conference coming into the year, but now yeah. we're saying that winning seven games wasn't good because he beat teams that were picked ahead of him. Like, I didn't say it wasn't good. I said it, you have to put it in context. It's not the same as if you won seven games yeah. this year or seven games in 2018 or 2017. It's context. It's context-related. And, and, you, you, and to, you add in the Bailey context to it, right? Like, I mean, winning with your backup quarterback, nobody else, not many people can do that. So I give it to him. Okay. That's, that, you, you give him credit there. Right. You shouldn't have lost that Kentucky game, too. Bailey checked out, right? He, oh, yeah. like he knew he, he was gone. He was gone. gone. He was gone. Like, yeah, it's like so. What is his? What is Dave's best win? Right, this is a conversation we also have. What is his best win? Oh well, I think his, Liberty last year. No, his best win was twenty sixteen, Mitch Trubisky, North Carolina. Because if he loses that game on the road as a ten point underdog, I think that Carolina team won seven or eight games. Um, he's he's fired. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like ultimately, yeah. You know, that would probably be his best win to me just because of the significance of it. Um, I would say Florida State, 12-point underdog, second game of the year on the road. Um, I mean, I guess Liberty. That, and that was another a- aspect of last year that I think gets overlooked. Your one non-conference game was an 11-win Liberty team um, that, that did beat Virginia Tech, that did beat Syracuse. Um Good, it was a good win. Yeah, I mean, maybe on maybe on paper that's your best. I, Lamar Jackson, Louisville was fifteenth at the time. Um, yeah, I, I would say I would say North Carolina uh, that year, just because of the significance of it. I mean, I think he knew going into that game. I think he said it right. I mean, I think he knew going in if he didn't win that game, he was gone. So yeah. That, I think everybody knew that one. Yeah, so that, that was... would be uh, the the big the big win. Um, maybe big losses was you know like you said the weight game because I think Dave was getting ready to cash in at that point. Uh, you know right. he nearly cashed in the year before. Maybe the most important thing that's happened to him outside of that Carolina win was who was it? Matt Luke winning winning at Mississippi uh, in twenty seventeen. Ridiculous, yeah, ridiculous. Because Dave, like, Dave was out the door to Oxford, right? Yeah. And you know, and I and I would imagine that if Dave wins enough this year, he may, he's probably out the door. He should be. I, I would assume so. I, yeah. yeah, he should be. Absolutely. That may be the best and case it would scenario. Be great. Yeah, yeah, it, it would be great. It'd be the first time since well, Lou Holtz that we hadn't fired a coach. Yeah, I mean, and, and, like, and really, I don't know how often that happens. To be honest with you, like I, I like we were, I was discussing that this morning. Like when you look across, really football in general in the ACC. I mean, how many coaches leave for better jobs? Um. Mac like, Brown. I know, it, I, I know Mac Brown did it's it. It's rare. It, it's rare in the FBS that Jimbo? Yeah. coaches jump like that. I mean, Jimbo. you can look at other conferences and it's very uh, very lateral. Only the very top top end is pulling teams away. Right. Right. And so I, my worry with that scenario is, it, yeah, it's, yeah, I know a lot of people will be happy that Dave leaves and all that. That's fine. But with this non-sit-out rule that you've got going on with transfers now, yeah, it, it, and I'm not saying this relative to just NC State. I'm saying in general, it could really set your program back. Yeah, <laughs> because like right. if, if your head coach leaves at a certain school, and these players, your players, are high on him as a coach, they can go wherever the hell they want to go and not have to worry about it anymore. 
You you you're not. It's right. not about them just be having to accept the fact that you're replacing your coach. You know, and it could really set a program back. So you know, I, I think that's something that's going to be interesting to watch across college football when 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 turnovers made now going forward is coach leaves for a better job or like you look at Iowa State for instance. I know a lot of people want his their coach. Um, yeah, you know, some guys could just choose to leave if he leaves, and it could really hurt you if it, you know because the perception is well. If that guy leaves, he's leaving us in a good position, right? Like that's the natural Correct. thought, but it might not be the case anymore with guys being able to leave so early, you know, right away. Yeah, it works both ways because you'll get players on the, on the inverse of that. I think the, you know, the overall, mm-hmm. it, w- it would it wash out. I mean, at some point that would wash I, out. I get, like, I get the feeling that Doran, I mean, he brings it up every damn press conference, it seems, at the beginning of the season. He knows he's been here a long time, loves the fact that he's been here, loves the fact that he can go X, Y, and Z in the state and be fishing, whatever. I think this is a good spot for him. I guess from my perspective is I still feel like we can improve our investment around Dave behind scenes. And I know everyone is playing towards that same game, but considering the, what's, what's the phrase, like making chicken out of chicken shit or whatever, like he's, whatever it is, right? He has probably overperformed relative to investment. And one of the questions I would have is if, if we give him that equal investment and say, Dave, we're here to invest in you. We're going to give you more money. We're going to put more money in the staff behind the scenes, supporting you guys so that you can get a better edge. I think I'd be happy with him, but it seems like a lot of times, like we just make some mistakes where I'm just like, did we, do we not have a Philip Danford? Is someone not telling Tim that, Hey man, you're running to the left 88% of the time. It's like pretty fucking obvious what you're doing when you're on the field with this person. Like, it's stuff like that where I go, you know, because just sometimes our athletic department and communications with fans and with us, it just comes across as we're not necessarily like a perfectly run organization. And I just wonder if that's partly the problem is Dave just doesn't have enough infrastructure behind him to get him over the hump. Well, I want to ask both of you guys. Um, I agree with you, Will, because because I re- I really want to ask you, you know, and E, when you put those numbers out, let's just say they're I, I don't know how accurate have you if you were able to confirm how accurate they were or how close they are. I imagine they're relatively close, even if they're not exactly accurate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, why has no one come out praising Dorn for that? Like for what? I mean, if you were the, oh for okay yeah yeah you're the like um, the last team in the conference and in investment in football. And you are a team, a program right now that's, I mean, you could at least say it's top five in the league in terms of wins the last four years, in terms of stature. I mean, like, well, the, that, should, so that, it, should that not be a story that someone's discussing? It, yeah, it's. I mean, it's great. The So Debbie reached out. Of, of course, the retired yeah. athletic director reached out and, and <laughs> nobody else. Right. Well, Fred did. Fred department. did. Yeah, Fred did very... Um, uh, I'm not sure what passive aggressively. Yes, is probably what I was trying to say. Like, but Debbie said it's hard to uh, get a straight number on how things are, uh, how the budget is allocated. In like to to like pin it down, she said, you know, certain things are counted to certain departments, like social media or whatever. You know, doesn't directly count towards football spending. So that being at the bottom is not exactly accurate is what she was saying. I still don't think we're very high. And 
I, I that's and so that's that's the question, right? And that's one of those things that I wish you guys and other people who are covering state would ask Dave. Hey, Dave, what other resources do you need? Like, do you need more analysts? Do you like? We don't know what they have going on. I don't know if that like other schools put that stuff out, but what does NC State need to get over the top? Other than the fans staying in the third quarter, would oh he should, he shouldn't like, mention that anymore. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like like you, he's been talking about that for nine years. Like I I want yeah. you know I'm gonna see him hopefully next year at football camp where you can kind of talk a little you know you know just shoot the shit a little bit and I and I will give him some don't mention that anymore. Like should you really be still mentioning that after nine years? It's not happening. <laughs> it's just like it's not right. Like you're not changing that. I mean. And I don't know why, what the expectation is. I mean, I guess because he was at a place like Wisconsin where their crowds just were phenomenal. And, and, and I, look, I'm not meaning that as a knock on NC State. I'm just saying, like, if you got a question, fans coming back into a game for the third and fourth quarter after nine years, you probably don't need to talk about it anymore. It's just not happening. Um, well, part of that is it comes back to being interesting and nah, being well, – that, but that's, like a, good, fair, but that's like a fair like, weather response to me. That like, if you are a football, like I've I've seen the argument been made before. You you play what uh, eight home is it eight home games in in right this year it's seven. You you got seven home games in a given year. Yeah. I mean, you can't stay for four quarters. You know that was all. Well, that was yeah. There's a bigger cultural thing evolved there that needs to be brushed out. Mm-hmm. Right that that really showed its head during Tom O'Brien's years. I think that is, you know, part of that. But I mean, just why, I, why even mention it anymore? It, it's not changing. Right. You know? He sh- he shouldn't be mentioning it unless he is being a proponent of change. Right. right. He's way he mentions it is more it comes across as a complaint. Yeah. He should be mentioning it to Boo and Fred Damaris and anybody else in, responsible for game day experiences and say, "Hey, fix this crap because this is this yeah. has to change." And it, it it should change. I think most everybody can agree with that. Yeah, that is. It's a whole other conversation. There, as I well. think the administration's response is they're way too nervous about losing season ticket holder money. If if anyone actually walked away, I doubt they would. But well, <clears throat> but they've been trying. You know, with all the concessions work and adding this other stuff, like they're trying it right. I think they're trying to find a happy medium. But you know, it's. I think they need to go even like above and beyond. It's like put here's the deal: you can bring your cooler full of beer and food or whatever. We're gonna have storage <laughs> lockers right outside the stadium, right? And you can put all your stuff in there. And as long as you can remember the key code, you can go in, get it at halftime, and come back. You know, like something like that that just says, "I'm gonna stop you from walking too far away," or we're gonna have all these golf carts that are just gonna transport people back and forth. You know, to try to shuttle them their drunk asses back and forth. Because I think a lot of it is just, oh man, I don't want to pay six dollars for this or ten dollars for that, whatever. I, I mean, so what do other schools do? Do you guys know? Like, do they not allow this? Uh, some do, some yeah. don't. Uh, Wake does. Oklahoma State does. Like Mike Gundy was just complaining about it and said, "Hey, lower the beer prices. Maybe people won't leave." Right. That's his quote this week. Uh, Wake does it. I've talked to the people down there. That they're they're kind of against it, and you know they don't know how to change it, you know, sort of thing. Other some other schools do it, not most. And sure, like I know there have been um, 
air quotes, big money donators who said, Hey, you know, if you take this away, then I'll, we'll stop going. But there are ways around that, which is, you know, sell a season pass, like do some of these things. Like you want to pass out for the season, hundred bucks, use that money towards concessions or whatever else you need to fix the stadium. You'd probably get enough people to buy some, the people who park close and want to go out. It's the people that get far away and don't come back or the students who, the freaking technician is putting out a article saying, you know, you better leave early if you want to catch the bus to get back to campus. Like, really? Your student newspaper puts that stuff out? Like, you would never, you would never be able to get that pass. Like, if that was the Alabama student newspaper, you think Nick Saban wouldn't have raged on that? Like, when he saw that? Like, it, there's a level of everybody is, everybody is, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Everybody's in on it, right? Everybody is part of the problem in that situation. I just, well, I guess the thing so is, Dave you can... haven't seen it. I haven't seen anywhere where they have the pass outs and they're like, this is great for the program that you guys all leave sure. the stadium yeah. and then fill in slowly. Like, I, I can remember games like what maybe it was like Virginia Tech where they came in and the crowd was like non existent in that third quarter and. I, I think they either returned a touchdown or they drove the field within like two or three minutes and the crowd was completely gone. Um, oh. That was the Russell Wilson year where he started. I think he had like three or four touchdowns in that one. Um, so it's like, it's noticeable. And you've even got players before the season. Remember they re- they released that video. I think it was oh, like Fagan and Pitts and whoever. And they like, yeah. they were like, we notice when you're not here. And you know, it's just kind of, it's sad that the players, are telling you it's it's a bad look. The coaches are telling you it's a bad look. Eighty percent of the fan base is probably telling you it's a bad look, and yet that vocal twenty yeah. percent is like, "You take this away, and my game day is ruined." Yeah, yeah. it was Ingram uh, in that video, yeah. which was which is embarrassing. Well, but bringing it back to to Dave, right? His last four years have been his best four years, right? Yeah, for sure. Ag- ag- Nineteen and sixteen in the ACC. Okay. So a little, little bit above 500. Right. Well, I mean, I mean is that... This, that you, 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 we, I think we'd already said 2019 was an aberration, but it counts. I mean... It counts, um, right? Yeah. You're looking, at, looking at the record. You, you got yourself in that situation, right? That was the year seven. And, you know, at some point... Yeah, at some point you, you you're, due, uh, you're due like everybody dying and like... <laughs> and I don't mean that literally. I just mean from an injuries. <laughs> An injury, like right, you know, I mean, right. that's what we're talking about here. I mean, you had 15 guys out with injury. You you played four yeah. quarterbacks, so yeah, you you do a year like that. Um, I, I I don't, and that's kind of why, like for me, a lot of times, like the season record or the the career record things are really hard to judge. Um, because like we, you know, I mean, we, we we've talked about it before. There's some guys that you have to dig holes out of, and and you don't have the benefit of inheriting a lot. And you know, he started 0 and 8. In the ACC. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I just would choose to kind of look at it in terms of just general seasons for me personally. Like, 2017, you were pro- you were probably the second best team in the ACC. 2018, you were probably the third best team in the ACC. Um, yeah. 2019, you stunk. 2020, you are one of the top five teams in the ACC. Like, that – so when I say the last four years, I say, okay, well, that's three out of four years you were a top five program in the ACC – for a team that's investing maybe bottom three in the ACC, yeah, I, I don't really third to be safe. yeah bottom third. Like I don't really know like 
what our expectations should be when you're a bottom third team in terms of investments. And I know you mentioned a minute ago, like, what can he ask for that could get him, you know, over the hump? I don't know about you guys. I don't know if there's a, an answer you can give for that. Like, it'd be great because, you know, I remember when people would say, well, when we put all this money into the Murphy Center, why aren't we winning titles? Well, it's not a, <laughs> it's not a tangible, like, and it's not one or, you know, it's not an A plus B equals C situation, right? Like, you can't, he can't say, well, boo, if you give me 20 analysts, I'm going to win that one game I haven't been able to win. Um, yeah, but he knows what he needs. He knows he knows I, what he's what others have, and he doesn't. Like I'm sure of it. Right, like he's like, not. Gonna, I mean, it's an off season conversation. Right. I mean, so, like I, I think if you look at 2017, if you go to him and say, Dave, what did you need in 2017 to get over the hump? A better staff. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You, you I, I mean, I. But look at. I mean, like look at it like this, right? They've they've completely like you said earlier, right? They've replaced the whole staff. No doubt. Right. And at least right now, it looks like Tony Gibson, at least through the first three games of this year, right, oh, has shown Tony that he going. can He'll give you a really good defense. It may not get you sacks, but right now it's certainly holding teams to less points. We'll see what happens against Clemson and, and a few of these teams, right? And if you see a similar thing from Beck, you'll you know you'll you'll say, hey, we're happy. I, I maybe he would. I mean, the O line has still seems kind of questionable to me. The development outside of a couple players. So maybe they need to just keep plugging and playing with transfers there. But I think it would be great if if Dave would say like, "Hey man, you know, Clemson sure does like replicated the Alabama model. Has hired a ton of analysts. What would happen if you gave Dave? You said Dave, here's three million dollars extra for the season. You're going to get five analysts. You're going to get whoever's going to help you in the recruiting. This from a marketing whatever, right? If you just say, is that all that needs to happen? That gives him that margin." of error reduction and then he pulls an upset off of a Clemson. You know, that's I think that's the question cuz I think there's an amount of money you can invest and you could get you can be like okay, this is going to get us to 8 wins. I bet that money gets a lot higher for the next the ninth win, a lot higher for the 10th win. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just curious if we've actually given him enough to say Okay, you really want to compete for a championship in this division? Then we're gonna give you four thousand, four million more, and cover these items up. And you go prove it. If it doesn't work, well, we'll just fire all those analysts and then get get the next guy. Well, part of that is I, I don't disagree. I mean, I think he, if Dave had won a single one of those Clemson games or any one of the, like. You know, Tom O'Brien had the Florida State games. Chuck Amato had the Florida State games. Like if if Dave had won any of those, Mississippi State, West Virginia, any of these teams that like are again perception games, he'd probably be getting the benefit of the doubt Notre in these Dame. conversations. Yeah, the worst Notre Dame team in how long? But but that's like, what I'm saying is t- like, why do we do that? Why do we say? <laughs> what, hey, like, that, hurricane game, that, that hurricane game was fucking awesome. Okay, but why do we? <laughs> I just don't get why. Like when we do do that, we add an asterisk to it. Like, well, but they sucked, or but <laughs> it was in a hurricane, or but Arizona State fired their coach. Like, yeah, we don't because you want to win the good. But, you want to beat better teams. But my point is, we're we're using Mississippi State as an example right now. If they go on and finish four and eight, five and seven, we're, we 
we're not going to use Mississippi a, State as an example. You, if you were the one. Oh, that you game. absolutely will. You absolutely will. No, no, no. It's a road game in that environment. You absolutely Here, will. Here's why the, better teams have gone but, in there. But and that, lost. but that game was important because if you win that game, you're ranked, right? And the thing is, it's just Dave. Yeah. It, more than anything, I think Dave has just gotten the unfortunate circumstances of constantly getting ranked right before playing mm-hmm. like a college football team or a playoff team, right? Like Clemson, Notre Dame, they they stayed in the rankings a little while after that Notre Dame loss, right? But he is a better coach than he gets recognition for, and some of it might just be unlucky and timing. But like, if he could have had an extra week of being ranked, and then he maybe he goes and beats Clemson or not, he'd probably still be ranked, and it helps the program out, right? Like. We don't think that that bullshit top ten ranking for UNC helped them recruiting in this off season, right? Like he, yep. he it, it would do him wonders to if he had won that game. I think it just would have helped. Who who cares what they turn into? That's why I say it's more important to get ranked early in the season. Well, personally. well, here's here's what I want to ask you guys. All right, so I was looking at this. So the whole topic is can he beat Clemson? Because that's really what you got to do to to win a title to, to win the Atlantic, right? Uh, since sure. 2015, Clemson's lost three ACC games. 2016, they lost to Pitt with Deshaun Watson at home. 2017, they lost to Syracuse when Kelly Bryant was injured on the road. And then last year, they lost to Notre Dame when Trevor Lawrence was had COVID. That Those are the yeah. three losses the last six years. So yep, right. if you go to Dave and you say, what do you need to beat Clemson? Knock the quarterback out is the key. I don't, yeah, I don't really know. Like, if there's going to be anything, can't like I think it just takes something happening, and maybe like he, like knows, he said, it's this year and they're down, right? Like maybe that's what it is. Which is fine, but you got to win. Then you at some point you've got to start winning some of those games, like we said. But no one is no, like, <laughs> but to, but going going back, you just said there's three teams that beat them. Right, but that, that Florida State, I, and I think to, they were dominating everybody. Like they still lost games, right? They were still losing a game here and there. Clemson still loses a game here and there. But then, With, like we just said, two of them were flukes. Two of them, your, your quarterback got knocked out of. Like, well, DJ still threw for four hundred in that that Notre Dame game. The Notre Dame team was actually just so is DJ good now. Like, but, I want to. We got to establish this. No, right? I don't know. I have no idea if he's good. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I mean. I, because that, I know if State wins this game, you're, we're going to hear DJ's not good. Oh, I, I've had you're already hearing it, right? Like, yeah. I hope that if we beat them, that Dr. Pepper puts Devin Leary in that commercial instead of DJU. Right. Um, but it, I mean, he's had his chances, right? He has two shots. He should have won in Death Valley, and he should have won, or he had an opportunity to win here. Yeah, I mean, it's and those are teams that were like gettable, though, right? Those were health relatively. That was a Watson team and a Kelly Bryant team, right? And they weren't injured in either. And I kind of feel like this Clemson team might be really, really good on defense, but it's gettable. They're not; they don't have ETN or anyone that's really threatening you on the outside right now. So this is his opportunity with his team that's basically healthy to go win. I don't think losing Peyton Wilson uh. necessarily loses this game, right? But uh. I, it would have helped. But what, what I'm saying is, like, yeah, this is his shot. He needs to go take it. And he, I, I just think. For all of us, he just needs to fucking win this game, and then we don't ever have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I hope. Right. I hope we don't. Like that's my hope. Like, look, win the game, and hopefully they're like. I don't know what narrative will be. I guess it's the SEC. Do we play an SEC team again? 
on the road. How we long we will in the championship game when we win this game and right, we go right. undefeated, right? <laughs> but I mean, twenty twenty four. I think we play twenty twenty. So we got to wait two more years for that narrative. Is and like, well, you don't have to have that conversation anymore if you if you win if you beat some of the better teams in the league. If he beats Carolina, he beats Clemson, or maybe let's say two or three: Clemson, Miami, Carolina. You win two of those three of those games. We don't really have to have that conversation anymore of, hey, you didn't win on the road. Now, it'll come up the next time we play a road SEC game or a road Power 5 game, certainly. But it changes the conversation, right? It, you're like, okay, he's he's taken that part of he's taken that part of that conversation just like the whole can't win a P5 game. He, he got rid of that, right? He's gotten to the next level. If he wins two or three of these games, then we can say, okay, maybe we're going to the next level. Maybe he's yeah. still pushing us to the next level. We won't have to say it. He'll be out of here. Well, fine. At least <laughs> we'll right. be talking about elevated Fleck, things. Then. I mean, it'll be Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Here's another guy. Here's another great guy. P.J. Fleck. What is he doing? Well, oh, I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Is like, I, here, if, if Dave Dorn does great and we have a great year and he moves on, I would hope you hire someone that could maybe like cash in on it right away. I think. Hey. I mean, that's the thing is like, I don't think we can survive by constantly getting lower level G five P like lower level P five guys. Like I think we need to take a swing in the next few years because you know you got Jim Phillips and all these guys talking about how important football is for these negotiations and things like that. A good NC State in this run maybe could could mean something long term for the ACC to have multiple good teams and not just have Clemson. So. I don't know. If, but you have to start winning some of those games that people are going to start paying attention to. And that is what we're coming back to the the original question. is When are you going to win some of those games? If you don't, then everybody on the outside is just going to look at them and say, NC State, they're, they're okay. They're, that's what they do. They're okay. Would, would you be upset if, let's say, let's say he just pulls this off and he gets the division this year. Do you do you want to back up the, the Brinks truck at that point and say, Dave, here it goes. Stay here forever. Like to James, I, to your to to Bryant's concern. Yeah. No, I would because, like, like I said, I, I I don't believe NC State is a program that can can handle that's going to be successful with instability. Yeah, I think, and and this is and this is why I often mention David Cutcliffe and Dave Clawson. I think State should handle their coach the same way as Wake and Duke. It's crazy to me that we want to do what Grove did. We want to do what Claus, what Cutcliffe did, but we don't want to treat your coach the same way that they did. Like what we have, so, what uh, we have. He's gotten. He's in year nine. At least those guys have some. Yeah, some but he, he above, also he also accomplished a lot more than those guys did in nine years outside of that quote unquote title, yeah. which he would which he's it's had the season to do that. He, I mean, he's had the season to do that. Like we said, I mean, he's went six and two. It's just for him, six and two ain't good enough. So <laughs> six I mean, and two and losing but, the game. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? If the six included Clemson, but then had two losses to right, the we, bottom. We add, yeah, like we, yeah. I mean, we got to add these like numbers asterisks to it. It's all like yeah. No, he, no, he, no. I'm just saying, right? Like that could be the flip. Is say he gets that big win, but then he has those two bottom feeder losses, right? I think people would still be angry then, right? Because then it's no, going to no be no doubt exactly. That's why know. I said the narrative will change. Then it'll be well, how did you beat Clemson this year and lose to Wake on the road? Or how did you beat Clemson this year and lose to Boston College on the road? Right, like because we, it'll be a missed opportunity. Again. Exactly, we want that's, everything. <laughs> we don't, and that's what I want people to just admit. I don't want it to be like, well, if he just does this one thing, no, 
That's not what we really want. You guys know this. We want everything. We want him to beat Clemson. We want him to beat Carolina this year because he hadn't beat Carolina the last three years. We don't want to lose at Wake. We don't want to lose at Boston College. So ultimately, what are we really saying? Well, I mean, oh, at Mississippi State, I don't want to forget them. So look, Saban really wasn't saving until he was saving, James. But I mean, like ultimately, <laughs> if we add all that shit up, what do we? If we add all that shit up, we're getting to we want eleven and one, right? Like. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, but like, let's just everybody come out and say, if he doesn't go eleven and one or ten and two, then I'm not happy, because that's kind of what we're all explaining here. If we, we I don't think so. I think that is a complete exaggeration of what we are trying to get to. (laughs) We're trying to get to the point where you're competitive and you're winning some of these games that you're not. Again, one in twenty-two against teams above five hundred. That is not good. That's not going to get you. You can go 6-2 and two in a league beating up on the trash that is in this league. This league is not good. It's not a meat grinder. You just want to... you should be you should be better than I, that. I don't there think there's enough talent around here. You have enough resources. If you don't have the resources, if you need to make a change, that needs to be addressed. But you have everything you could possibly need in comparison to these other schools. And yet you're still you still lose some of these games. That Wake team in 2006 that won, they beat number 16 Boston College. They beat number 19 Virginia Tech. They beat number 23 Georgia Tech. Well, that was their rankings at the time, right? That's what they finished at. I'm looking at the, <laughs> okay, the final okay, rankings. Okay. <laughs> like he beat, they beat ranked teams. Yeah, but they, if Dave would do that in a season, he wouldn't be getting this heat. And that's the point. He's he's not winning these games. He's not. He's beating up on the chumps, which you should. But he is not getting those other wins yeah, to make I mean, you because, competitive. Yeah, if you do that, you get, then you're the best program in the conference. Well, yeah. No, you, no, 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 competing. no, no. You're competing for the I top. I think no, simply no. put, you, it, it no, is what I'm saying is you're saying teams, he's beating. It, it, uh, let me just say this real quick. It's just a question of his best teams have not taken that extra step to beat the best team in the division, right? That's what it is. Right? Yeah. Those That Wake team we're talking about, that Duke team, whatever, right? They were flawed, but they still... Their best teams achieved their greatness. And I think that's the frustration is 2017 was so close but didn't get there, right? And this is his quote-unquote, you know, this is a special team as far as he's concerned. And I think it's going to be frustrating as fans. If if that special team can't get over the hump, then why should I believe next year's team will or the year after that, right? I think at some point you're kind of like, if your best is just almost getting there, like, do I want that as a fan or do I want that hope? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, the reason I don't really subscribe to that is, like, I thought 2017 was his best team until now, mm-hmm. okay? Why can't 2025 be better than this team and give you an even better opportunity? If he's already shown, he can get you up, go down, get you back up again. You guys have said this is his best team, yep. right? I mean, do you all feel that way? Oh, yeah. So yep. why can't he have another best team in 2025? They maybe can get him over the hump. Like, or in 24, or in 23, I don't know. I mean, like, I just think that when we sit here and say, you know, he's winning the games he should win, right? Like, he just said that. He's winning the games he should win. But he's not winning the games he shouldn't win. Well, okay. He's not winning all the games? Like, like, because if you do both of those things, what's what's left? Like, you're, you're... and that's kind of what I keep going back to. Really, at the end of the day, we want to go ten and two, eleven and one, and win the Atlantic because, like, there's not any, there's not really a middle ground. The middle ground is eight and four because I'm telling you right now, 
if you beat Clemson this weekend or you beat Miami in three weeks on the road or you beat North Carolina and you win one of those quote-unquote big games, if you were to lose to Wake and you lose to BC or you lose to Louisville, people aren't going to be happy that you won those big games. They're going to go and fall back on the fact that you couldn't put it together and have a break, have everything go your way and have a that breakout year, right? Like Again, right? Because you lose to Louisville or Wake, those are teams that are – well, my, Wake might be all right this year. We don't know. But you lose to Louisville – and again, it's a missed opportunity because they're not that good. Yeah, but no like, doubt. We watched them play. No like, doubt. And, and that's the problem is at some point you have to get over the hump. Yeah. People are not going to keep supporting you if you're just okay with being okay. And, and, and at I think some the, point he's he's got to push it. I think the difference is what's okay. Like, like we just said, I don't know if you guys had contract the stats. Like how many teams have won eight games three out of the last four years? In the league. We can go like, back and look it up. I don't, I don't I know. I mean, like, I, I wonder, yeah, I mean, I just wonder, like, what is, I don't know, man. I, I, I just guess for me, I, I see teams across the league that are in far worse positions than NC State. And, you know, I mean, I guess it's kind of one of those those deals where you choose to, um, you, you got to kind of pick and choose what you want to be upset or mad about. And so, like, yeah, I mean, he hasn't gotten us over Clemson. Damn. He hasn't gotten us over the good teams. That's not just well, Clemson. Well, I mean, well, so well, you look, take out look. No, but I mean, if you were right there where you can beat Clemson and win the division, you are above everybody else at that point, right? Yeah, but you're still 1-22 against teams that are I, above 500. Right? I mean, that's I, he, a serious he's not, that, stat. That's, that, that stat will never be great for him because he's already 1-22. I mean, you know, that's that. Sure, like, yeah, but he can win the next the problem five is games not, and it'll be 6-22. and 22. The problem is he's got w- one win in nine years in those games. So it does, the total stat is, is whatever. You can change that if we, right. you, know, you want to look so, at it over the last four years. He's still 0-7. So what do we want to right? do about it? It's not good. I, I don't know, and that's what, I'm, that's what the conversation is, but I think it's okay for state fans to want more than just being okay. Right to be competitive but, with these teams, to be taken seriously as a program, when you invest all the time and resources into it, I, I just think we're I think going that's okay. circles. No, I agree. I think we're going circles though, because like I, I think there's a huge gap between being right where you can beat Clemson and win the division, right. and being just okay. Like, don't you think that's a big space? Like, I don't really sure, see how that's but just okay. You, you know, you understand what it I'm is asking? a big space. Yeah, it, yeah, it is a big space, and you don't have to beat Clemson every year, right? Nobody's. I mean, that's ridiculous. But you have to start winning some of those games, the Clemson games, the the better teams. You've got to start winning. I, I agree. You can't blow. And and that is the and that is what fans want. If he was not, if he had more than one of those wins, people would be less on his ass. I mean, that it, is the biggest criticism. That stat to me is amazing because, like, we were talking about his big wins a few minutes ago. Like, and I mean, he beat Louisville. He beat North Carolina with Mitch Trubisky. He beat Louisville. that was his one. That was the one. So what in was Louisville? So Louisville with Lamar Jackson? That's not a good win. They were four and four or something in the league that year. They went eight and five. Right? They weren't. A, they weren't a great team. Lamar was great. Right? But they I, lost that game. I, I they lost the year before. That was a team that was ranked fifteenth in the country. That's that's a yeah. mind blowing stat to me. That team was ranked fifteenth in the country when State played. State State has a uh, history, I think, under Doran. Like it happened with FSU, it happened with Lamar Jackson. It's like as soon as State beats them, those teams like fall apart. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like that doesn't count as a good win anymore. Well, no, I'm saying like, like, no, I'm saying like, state like breaks their back somehow, right? Like, it's like, oh, we lost the state. Like, they mail it in after that. Well, no, Louisville did not finish the season ranked that year. Right. What I'm saying, yeah, because state beat them. (laughs) <laughs> like, and five like, and four other teams. They were not good teams. No, no, that's that was that season. You that, can't just that game was late teams. in the season. That game was late in the season. If state wins that, if state loses that game, Louisville probably goes from fifteen to top ten. Maybe they don't fall out oh. of the rankings. I don't know. But my point is, like, this is where these stat, these weird arbitrary stats to me kind of like that. You said they finished. Four that game and was four. middle of the season, by the way. That was the sixth game. In the okay, that, that they finished four and four. Right, so like if they if they beat State that night, now they're five and three in State, and Dave's one and twenty three against them. Again, that's like the second game we found that's that's fit that scenario here. I, I don't really know how we can look at that and say that wasn't a good win. You guys were there that night. Y'all don't think that it was, was a, a good it win? was a fine win? Yeah, it was a fine win. But it's, I mean, y'all don't think know, that was a good win? Oh, I think it's I, I think it was, I think it's a great it's win. A win. It's, a, it's I can tell you where I was that night. I can tell I can tell you everything about that game. That was a big win to me. It's always going to be important to beat a you know a, a guy that's a pro ball potential Hall of Fame like MVP yeah. one MVP yeah. yeah yeah. So it's important to me. I think the way you have to look at Doran is like this, right? He's been here nine years. You can kind of like break it up. He's got like little eras, like the rebuild era where he had Jacoby Brissett, which probably covered up a ton of crap. Right. right. Then you have the Ryan Finley era where you get the defensive line paired with them and you start seeing this is what could happen. But then they also basically whiffed on multiple recruiting classes, had no depth. And that was probably the downfall leads to the injury year. And here we are now where it looks like they finally got the depth thing figured out. The recruiting seems better and they're investing in the staff. It's like if I if I could give them two more years, I maybe I'd be like, OK, maybe there's a chance here. Right. But I want to see something in this game that at least shows me. This staff so, understands how to do it just differently than we have in the past, and attack, yep. and don't don't play the conservative. I, you know, I don't think in games where we have been competitive with Clemson, I don't think we were conservative per se. Right? I think we were got depth was probably a bigger issue. So I guess I just want to see that now that we're going into the ACC, that this team attacks and isn't afraid to you know put the defense on the field more often to take shots because I want to see us try to win playing 2021 football and not using the 2015, 2016 type playbook. So I I don't know. I think this is his best team. I think if he keeps recruiting the depth like he has and and filling in with, with the transfers, he can be a really competitive team. And so I feel like we just need to see that he can compete in this game. Well, well, okay. So before the game, I want to know we, because I think this is an art, this is kind of a subjective term. Like, when you guys say compete, like I because because sometimes on our boards, ultimately for a lot of people, what competing means is winning. They don't say winning, but but like like I thought state was competitive against Mississippi State. A lot of people don't for some reason. Like so, what is I want to know what competing against Clemson means. Like, give me an example. So of, I like, would what, say this: I would like for them to use like the Ohio State playbook from the championship game, or the the playoff game last year, where they huddle up. They okay. run up to the line of scrimmage and snap it within two seconds and eliminate an advantage that Clemson has in Venables, right? You saw how confused Clemson's defense was the whole time. Like, when I say compete, I want to see them using strategy to dictate to that team so, what's going to happen. They might still lose the game in the end, but it's stuff like that where it's not, hey, we're just going to play NC State ball. No, like, we're going to try and control this game by putting them on edge, I guess. 
Like it so seems, you're looking at it from a, a philosophical standpoint. Yeah. Not just a competitive score standpoint. Yeah. I want to okay. see them try to push Clemson's limits instead of letting, you know, don't run up, do the no huddle where you stand there and do the check with me, right? And then you give Venables all this time to sit there and be like, oh, this is the formation. Because you know Venables has got someone in his ear being like, they're doing this, 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 you know. That's how he responds as quick as he does. So I want to see them do something like that. That's how I think they can be competitive in this game. They could still get their doors blown out. But so you think they can get their doors blown out and it'd be a competitive, then they still compete? I think so. Because okay. I want to see them not just... I don't want to see them trying to play to keep the game close. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to see... Cause even if you're down three scores, if you are pushing them like that, you may get them in that alignment where all of a sudden, bam, gets that 70-yard touchdown run, or you get the Ant Smith over the top, and then you're back in it. It seems like if they play the kind of classic conservative style that they've done at times, you know, as soon as you get in that hole, there's no chance because they're not dictating and gotten in the hole. They've been dictated to, I guess. Yeah, yeah I think that's I mean, fair. for me, yeah. it's more like I just want it to be a game where I feel like State has a chance to win. Like, I, you know, like because there's different ways you can you can accomplish that. I mean, I, I agree you can do that style. And I, I, my worry with doing something like that is, are you putting yourself in the best position to win if you do something you're not comfortable doing? And I know I, – I think I've told you guys before, I used to coach AAU basketball. And for me, whenever I would coach my girls, at times it felt like – trying to to take advantage of what the the other team did would often backfire because our, our my players weren't comfortable doing that right like so i'm not saying what you're saying is wrong you can maybe you you can use a, any sort of formula and find a way to win i just think that's something as a coach you kind of struggle with because it's like do i do that or do i do what i feel we do well and that's going to give us the best chance to win. I don't know the right answer. That's kind of why, what I was asking Dave because I do think it's an interesting dynamic. Do you try and just play balls to the wall, ultra aggressive, try and score as many points as you can? Or do you say, you know what, we've got a good defense. We're going to take our shots when they're there. We're, we're going to try and win. But this game ultimately is probably going to be a low-scoring game. And any sort of mis- mistake can hurt my chances to win it. I, I don't know. I don't know the correct answer. But for me, competitive is – do I feel like at halftime NC State's in this game with a chance to win? It? Yeah, you know? I, I think the scenario you described, right, where it's it's close. That's why I think you have to figure out a way to actually stress them out. And if you're doing that, then in my opinion, you are being competitive. I don't. The score doesn't really matter. If you're putting Clemson on its heels, which is a position it is not used to being in, um, but it seems like it's been in the last what like four games, I guess or so, right? The Ohio State game and these these three this year. They have looked uncomfortable and not as well prepared. Maybe there's some chinks in the armor. Maybe they've just missed on some guys. So to me, if it's 10-7 at halftime or 10-3 and we're the three, but you've got them on edge and it's just, you know, it just hasn't popped yet. I guess that's what I want to see. Um, and and that's what Georgia Tech did. You know, Georgia Tech, they they didn't run tempo. They didn't throw the ball a ton. They um, didn't turn the ball over. And now we may sit here and call that a conservative style. Like I think I, they had two drives that were 14 plays or more, but they ultimately ended up getting field goals on them. But it, at the end, it gave them a chance to win the game. Like that's what I'm saying. I think this is such an interesting dynamic, man, because like 
if we want to use Georgia Tech as an example, what Georgia Tech did do was play, in my opinion, conservative. And for them, it gave them the best chance to possibly spring an upset. I don't necessarily know if that's what State thinks they need to do, but it, it, I, think, I think there's multiple ways you, you, know, you can do it. So I, while you guys were talking about that, I, I went through the that Louisville team, that 2017 Louisville team. They ran the NC State gamut. Let me listen to this. They lost to BC. They lost to Wake Forest. They lost to Mississippi State. They lost to every team on their schedule that was above 500. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, that was that's the NC State Royal Flush right there. Right, that is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They were not that good. So. I got a question for you. This is a, it's been a long one, so I'm going to wrap it up with two questions for you. This is somebody had asked this: Which coach would you rather have, Coach A, ten seasons with a .450 conference winning percentage and making the off season, postseason, fifty percent of the time, Coach B with a four point two four conference winning percentage and making the postseason seventy five percent of the time? These are real life coaches. How many years is Coach B? Did he say the year? Ten seasons. So both were ten yeah. seasons. Yeah. Um, I guess the guy that made it the postseason more. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm trying to the numbers. I mean, because yeah, I mean, I would imagine that means you've had more winning seasons, right? I don't know. Um, sounds like it based on what he's what he's describing. Maybe you've had bigger downfalls, right? Like if your if your win percentage is lower. Um, so I would say B because you. Maybe the maybe you've had more ups. So Coach A is Herb Sendek. Coach B is Dave Dorn. Okay, rounding down to nine years. Yeah. <laughs> would, I didn't yeah. want to give it away. Why would you do that to us? <laughs> no, I mean, look, look <laughs> somebody asked the question. I was yeah, I, I think it's it's a fair comparison. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I guess because of the length of their tenures, those are the two guys that probably would be linked more closely, right? Um, and, and the funny and, and their records, like, yeah, and their records, they're very much, very much, very similar in that performance regard. The last question I have for you, and somebody asked me this earlier, what do you think about the end zones not being painted red? <laughs> I man, you, it's it's funny the stuff we noticed. I, I didn't even notice it. Like I, I didn't. I knew you wouldn't have. Else. <laughs> I mean, like, is that something? Like, is that haven't hasn't that happened before? Or is this no. new? Uh, they've changed the colors, but they've never not had like a solid color in there. Yeah, very rarely. Did VP tell us he was painting that or something? Maybe it was a um, budget reasons oh or whatever gosh. is what they said, and then they bought a two hundred thousand dollar social <laughs> media camera. So people, hey <laughs> guys, I'm going to tell you how look, how yeah. good that grass looks when I'm down there, though, Evan. <laughs> I mean, pick some of it for me, and I can transplant it. My I mind. mean, are we really that poor? That's my question. I don't know what is going on. I don't that, know. And but here's the thing: if you save, let's say it's not a hundred thousand dollars, right? But let's say you save a hundred thousand dollars and you put it into getting someone that's just going to study Clemson film for a year. I that Do might it. be worth it. But I don't. That's yeah. the thing: is like for me, I think what aggravates me as a fan is there's like a lack of transparency in where the money is being spent and so that's why like when i say like people are like oh well if you write a check whatever you know like write a check if you feel so strongly about it and that's why i spent so much time and effort yesterday trying to win these field passes because i want my money to go to an experience that i can at least touch 
if I'm not going to get that transparency from the department. And the fact that the department's sitting here bickering with Evan because he posted a Facebook photo of (laughs) funding, right? But not saying, like, that's correct, that's incorrect. It's just, like, you'd think that people in the department would be able to just rifle off and be like, yeah, we spent $42 million last year, so I know these funds are, this figure is bullshit. Like, I I don't know. To me, it's just, like, I just don't get a sense of how our department is run. It doesn't feel like it's necessarily run like a business. So as a fan, you kind of start saying, like, well, I want my money to go where I can feel it or see it. Um, I don't know how I got onto this tangent. I, I, well, we've been on here too long. You, you know, it, told, <laughs> it tells me, E, that the numbers you posted were probably relatively close, right? Because I think yeah, you, almost, you almost got a political response. It was one of those, like, yeah, I'm not yep. going to tell you what you're, what's wrong. I'm going to just put cast doubt on it. And, right. you know, like, I, I, think, it, I think they were close, yeah. man. That was exactly my reaction, given the amount of people that reached out to me about it and said was some sort of response like that, rather than, you know, here are the numbers, here's what it is. Yeah. Like, do, And I asked, does anybody have a roundabout clue? And they, you know, correct no, us. I, I will say, so, I thought Debbie made a good point, or maybe it was Fred, that the some of the figures at the top end are probably because they've included buyouts and all kinds of stuff. Like, you could see where FSU has spent an absurd amount of money on buyouts. So maybe that's, right, right, right. that's showing up, but... I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know if you guys saw the article about the Miami boosters and staff <laughs> and uh, like scouts and everyone yeah. talking about whether Diaz should be fired. And, you know, that's a school with history that says they don't have money to go buy a, you know, get a good coach essentially. And that the president of the school basically said, I don't even care <laughs> about football. Like, do whatever mm-hmm. you want. Um, so I think it's a good problem to have that we're. Our fans are heavily invested and want to succeed, um, mm-hmm. and that it seems like the whole school is actually geared around success. So maybe we'll see changes coming up. This is a great opportunity, right, for them to say, "Hey, you invested in a staff, and look, here's a tangible result. We just beat Clemson." Um, so I don't know. There's upside here. I'd rather be us than Miami. I guess is what I'm saying. I, I just don't uh, get how Miami and Florida State are Miami and Florida State right now. I mean, that, that's the, it's wild. That's the thing that's crazy to me is, you know, because they still recruit at a high level. I assume they pay everybody. They have great coaches. You know, like I know Mike Norvell was supposed to be a great hire for them. I mean, like I don't – maybe they don't have the analyst. I don't know. I don't know what their numbers are like on that stuff. But I, I think it's probably the opposite of Dave. I think it's probably a culture issue in those two programs. I think there's probably some of that. Yeah. All right, I lied. Last question. <laughs> if State goes eight and four this year – is that a good year? So that would be five and three in the conference. Um, yeah. Is one of the wins Clemson? I, well, I don't think it'll matter because, like we've already explained, if it, if it is one of them's Clemson, we're pissed off. You lost three to, to no, not Clemson. So maybe people are mad. Yeah. Um, you know, I told you at the beginning of the year I thought eight and four was a good year. Um, like right now, though, honestly, unless there's more injuries outside of Peyton, which – it's amazing to me we gloss over that loss. That's another thing that's crazy to me. Is like we we talked earlier about how Boston College is now winnable because they don't have Jerkovic or, or but we don't change expectations for State without Peyton Wilson. Um, well, oh, because our the linebacker core is that's Peyton Wilson, deep though, guy. That, it's Peyton Wilson. I I, I agree. Peyton, he's, he's my favorite player. Are, I love the guy. He's like awesome first team All ACC. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, right. but, but you you still have very good talent behind him, and they don't touch the ball Jaylen, and they play like yeah. a Jaylen quarterback. Scott, 
I mean, like, well, yeah. hey, did, now, now you can't be going back. You had said that he had been grading out well on Pro Football Focus, or he was reliable. Oh. While Wilson had, you know, that tendency to go make a go make a play, which sometimes put him in a bad spot, right? Yep. So, but I guess the, to the point, I think that speaks to the depth on this team and why people thought, yeah, you could weather one key injury, right? I don't think you could lose isaiah or drake and then think okay we're not gonna start having a problem here well right the, the reason i say that about wilson is you're right pfl he doesn't grade out well in pfl but he makes plays that that win you games yeah and ultimately sure. you know you go back to syracuse last year to sack to end the game you go to the duke game where he has the two interceptions where he's probably out of position both of those plays i don't necessarily think he's in the right position where he was supposed to be but he makes a play and that's kind of where I say I think that loss you can't overlook because yeah you may get solid replacing him, but against Clemson I need a, I need a playmaker like against North yeah. Carolina I'm gonna need a guy who can make plays. It's just look I mean I just think it's funny because I just started this we were talking about how Boston College is now more winnable or you know um, whoever else has lost players or whatever and they're they're in different positions now but. We don't do that with NC State, and they lost maybe the best defensive player in the conference. Yeah. I mean, it is a loss, but it's, uh, again, it's not a position that touches the ball every time, and State's got enough depth. Again, credit to Doran. He's, he's built enough talent around him that, you know, they should be solid enough. The defense been still been good enough to well, keep you in these games. Well, hey, let, before we go, let me ask each of you a question. Let's say you go 8-4 and four this year like you asked me. Do you chant? Do you fire your coach? I I've been on the fence on this one. I, I think it'd be hard to fire a guy that goes eight and four. I think it would. I, I think there'd be some rash reactions. But if you go eight and four, you're assuming you're losing to Clemson, Carolina, Miami, right? Let's let's say the three best teams left in your schedule. Or yeah, that gets to be eight and four. I, that would be that'd be disappointing for your best team. I think it would be disappointing. Now I don't think he's going to fire him, and in fact, I'm, you know, I, I don't think that that happens. I, I don't think you can fire him. I think it would just be disappointing. I think you'd say, "All right, Dave, if another job comes, you better get your resume going and hope he leaves on his own." But it, it would be hard for Boo, and I, and I wouldn't see Boo firing somebody that goes eight and four. I just what about you, I, Will? I wouldn't. I think he he had a phone call. Oh, okay. But I think I know he's in the same boat. I think there's a few people that probably would want him fired because it's again your best team and this is the best you got in a league that is not very good. Like I think the league's very bad this year. Well, and I mean, it would be I, I think all, you don't think all college football is bad. Like outside of the SEC, what league is good? I think there are leagues that are better. I mean, the ACC's out of conference record already this year has been pretty bad. But just watching the ACC, there's not a whole lot of teams that are very good. I don't, but you don't right, think the, that's the case. Like, I don't think the Big Ten's very good. I think the Big Ten doesn't have the elite teams, but they have Ohio State, which is good. They're still they're still top ten. Penn State's very good. Wisconsin, <laughs> I'm not sure about. Minnesota's okay. You know, they're above average. They'd be good in the ACC. So are they better? The so is Minnesota? You think better than North Carolina? It's probably pretty close. I'd say it's probably pretty close. I don't. I mean, because like I just think I, I think the ACC just catches a like. 
I, I agree. Most uh, most of the time, they get no credit for anything they ever do. But I think this year it's generally warranted that the, the league is not very good. I mean, the out of contra- out of conference losses have been have been pretty bad, and that's not including ours. Yeah, I think Georgia Tech losing to NIU and you know some of these other like Michigan just put a sixty burger on NIU and NIU beat Georgia Tech. You know, it's there's I, I think the Big Ten is more well evenly distributed. Michigan State just went to Miami and beat them. I don't think Michigan State's great, you know. But I think I think the ACC is really bad, and that's that's my problem with if you go eight and four this year, it's like it's a terrible league. You got to be at some point. When are you going to take advantage of the league being bad? But that, but again, that, I think that's the whole thing we're talking about in circles. Because like I think if you yeah. go six and two this year, we'll hear well, but the ACC was bad. No, I, but again, six and two is still good, right? I think if you're six oh. and two, you're nine and four or nine and three, and. Uh, that's a that's a good year for state. Nope, I have no problem with that. You sure you missed some opportunities you shouldn't have? Well, and then we'll look back and be like, hey man, we could have won Mississippi State. We're probably better than that. Don't get matched up in Texas A and M in a bowl game and get steamrolled. Right? Those are well, you like, need your main, taking you need your guys to play too. I mean, like, well, sure. You're, like, you're not. There's be- always some of that. You're not beating. Miss- you're not beating those teams without you know whatever. But I, but I want to ask you before we go. So six and two, you lose to Clemson in North Carolina. Are you happy with the win over Miami? Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, it's a good win. I mean, Miami's not good, but you're on the road beating Miami. Redemption for losing to them last year when you should have won. I mean, six and two is. It's hard to find fault in that, especially if you're competitive in those games. Yeah. Don't get blown out by Clemson. Don't get blown out by Carolina. You know, put up a better, better showing than you did against Mississippi State, and I think people will be okay with that. You'll still get a lot of the comments of, "Hey, Dave can't get over the hump. He can't beat the good teams." I, I mean. It'll be probably a bit warranted, but so, again, it's still it's still a good year for us. So if we establish what the hump, the hump is, basically winning the champ, winning the league. No hump is beating teams that are above five hundred in the league. Okay. Beating some good teams, not everybody. You don't like. I think that's the next step for them. I'm not even saying win win the coastal or win the Atlantic. Like, well, I just the reason I, I, I think say that is like I, I don't know if Miami is going to end up being Louisville with Lamar Jackson. And so that will no longer be a because you know you be and I both win. know if we were sitting it. here in 2017 at this point of the season, we would be looking at that Louisville game as a big win. And then ultimately, it doesn't end, it doesn't end up that way because of I don't know what what happened to or to because they weren't that good. That's right. the problem. Well, yeah, I mean, but we don't know the whole scenario of what happened. Like like I'll give an example: Pitt last year, State played them. They were four and zero, ranked top twenty. They lose the state. Kenny Pickett gets injured the next game. He misses three games. Yeah. Um, It's still a good win, but those are not things you hang your hat on, right? Yeah. Like, it it was a good win, but, again, they were in 6-6. At Louisville team, they went 8-5. They weren't that good. They had had a great player and an all-time player. But it wasn't – you know, you have to use some perspective in saying, all right, let's – you're still – that 1-22 number is just overwhelming. Yeah, no, he's got to. He's got to start putting wins in that column for him to earn the respect that you want people to give him, and that I want to see. You know, we're all in that same boat. We want him to win, but and want him to get some of those wins. And so, you know, six and twenty-two, Miami would probably finish above five hundred in the ACC. I would assume. I think their their schedule's not intimidating. They're probably good enough to do that in this league. 
So that would be one in that column. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... So that would be an improvement. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, like I said, I mean, I think that my whole argument with that damn status is just seems kind of... Like, it's just weird to me how, like, beating Louisville means nothing. Winning, losing it, though, it adds to that column. Like that's okay. So it's seven. So go seven and thirty-three. Right. right. If you add the five hundred teams. Yeah, yeah. That sounds a little better. It's that's <laughs> it's better, but it's still really bad. I mean, you're still talking about. And do you have a do you losers. have a comparison for like like like? Is that is did you find that art? Did you look? Did you research that, or is it listed listed for coaches? Because like I'd be interested to see what other coaches in the league look like compared to that number. I um, don't. One of our one of our guys okay. just went through the schedule and put it together. I have the spreadsheet. Because I can't imagine, given where the ACC right now is, outside of Dabo, if there's many coaches that are like above 500 or even better than 7 and 33 by a ton, in terms of just winning against teams that are five and three or six and two or seven and one, right? Because that's essentially what it is. I mean, you're you know, but that's the problem. The rest of the league is terrible. The rest of the league is not good, and so you should be able to take advantage of it at some point. I think. Yeah. And right now we're right in the middle of it. Right. We're right in the middle of that pack. Right. Yep. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I want to keep going. I want to keep in winning more and getting better and keep building on the foundation that Dave has built. The last four-ish years have been very good. I, man, I'm with you. I just every- don't know what the tangible answer is. Like, I don't know how you go from six and two – to seven and one. Like, I don't know what you can do differently from a, as a fan. I don't know what you can do differently as a coach. You know, Plus like six and two is still, that's, that's still the, the outlier in this, right? I, I just want to say it's still the aberration. I here. just want to say it's been two hours and we haven't fixed this yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, James and I have been talking about this for days. Yeah, like, I mean, there, cause there's no like answer. There, there's no, there's no answer one way or the other. Like, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I just think a lot of it's a, is the thing that we never discuss in this, and it's luck. It is like ultimately Syracuse got lucky hey. that Kelly Bryant got hurt, and they won that game. Like, well, uh, sure. Pitt, hold on. I I don't remember that game with. Yeah, remember Pitt beat them the game after us, right? Um, yeah. Did yeah. were there? I think that was a clean game from their perspective, right? I think Watson was in there and all Correct. that. Like, that's probably what I would point to is like. Pitt's done it when it's been kind of normal. And I, I just feel like this Clemson team as much feels like that, not well, that Watson team, but that Kelly Bryant team, right? It doesn't feel as dangerous right now. Though they're going to, obviously, I feel like Dabo gets so pissed off by Dave Doran that I'm sure they're going to be, you know, firing all cylinders. But, like, this is the level of Clemson team that going into the year you go, hey, we actually got a shot this time. Yeah, I mean, to me, guys, I'm gonna be honest with you. The only thing that worries me about this game this upcoming weekend, I think state, I think the game's really winnable for state. But the only thing that worries me about this game is I, you're not sneaking up on Clemson. Pitt snuck up on Clemson that year, and right. and, and like, dude, I'm telling you, they know this is pro- like. To be fair, this is probably the toughest game left on their schedule. Go read Clemson's schedule. Is either yeah, this game or at Pitt? Yeah. The rest right. of it is just cake, like not even anything. And so I don't know if you're going to be able to, as much as we want State to win this game, and again, part of that's on the fact that State's supposed to be pretty good this year. Give them credit for that. You're not sneaking up on Clemson this Saturday. You're getting full attention 
all eyes on me. There you are going to, and so I anticipate getting an A level type performance from Clemson, and that worries me because I I do tend to think the way you beat Clemson is sneak up on them and catch them. Like 2016, man, we snuck up, stay stuck up on Clemson. You know, you didn't like give them credit. 2017, they knew they had to beat NC State that year, and State played that game 38 31. But I don't think this weekend you're going to catch a like bad performance from Clemson. I really don't. And that, no, you know, no. You I just don't want to see Doc. Will Shipley beat us. <laughs> oh, God. Might, that would just be. You might see that it. traitor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dave, Dave has unfortunately gotten on Dabo's target list, hit list, whatever you want. And like the laptop thing and just all the stuff that he's irritated him with. He he picked the wrong. Dabo will have them ready for this game. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, I think also Clemson knows this is the game they got to worry about, right? Like, yeah, it, it, that's the that's the thing that concerns me for NC State this weekend. Like, I mean, I, I don't think you're going to catch Clemson. Like, I think, I even think last week Georgia Tech might have got some of that. That game felt right. like it lasted ten hours because they had a lightning delay. Um, Two of them, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if Georgia Tech got a good version of Clemson. But we're acting like Clemson's down based and maybe they are down. We'll see. Yeah. All right, James, I got a feeling the messages will continue. We we hadn't solved this problem. Unlike last time, we haven't convinced you on our side to elevate your expectations. Yeah, we can still go ten and two, guys. Right. Yeah. Okay, this team's good enough. Don't ten and two implies that we lost twice. Well, All right. Well, and that's why, like, a lot of times we get into these debates and it's just like, man, let the season play out. You never know. Like, I know we were talking about this last year, how early in the year, oh, man, State's done. You know, it's just like, eh, we'll see. They look like it. Let's be honest. That West, that Virginia Tech game, they look like it. Yeah. They look like they didn't deserve. I, you, yeah. you have to but, hope that this is the pit game this year, right? Where it's, you got that terrible first on-the-road loss out of the way. And maybe they rebound, and as long as they stay healthy from this point forward, maybe it's a different conversation, right? Um, it's just, yeah. I, I just don't want to see the same thing from Beck again, right? I want to see that Furman was an indication that they are going to change things up. And, you know, I guess we'll see here Saturday. Yeah. All right, James, spent two hours. I appreciate you coming <laughs> yeah, on man. here and... Talking oh. trash with us for this long. Oh, yeah, anytime. Uh, anytime. Get me on. I can be the lover of whoever I need to be. I, I can't. I, I bet you guys better not let my wife hear this. She finds out I love, she finds out I love this many men. She's just me a little bit. <laughs> the crowd's going wild for you, James. The crowd's going wild. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we'll talk to you soon, as always. All right. Appreciate I'll take care. It. All right. I was raised by the way